For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Happy Hour Friday on the Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there, one day away from the NBA playoffs getting underway. The play-in games tonight, you can hear them both on 97.3 ESPN. Phillies lose. At what point? All right. At what point do we hear some story of someone on the Phillies having an absolute breakdown and saying that it's unacceptable that we continuously lose to the Miami Marlins. I heard last night that the Phillies have lost the season series to the Marlins for three straight seasons. It's never happened that they've lost the season series for four straight years, and I'm not suggesting that they're going to lose the season series, but yet again, you start the season off with a loss to the Marlins. When is it enough enough that somebody steps up and says, guys, we need to stop losing to this dog bleep team? Look, the Marlins are the pest that everybody else seems to beat up on, except for you. Why is it that at the end of the year, when you look at the standings, the Marlins are getting beat up by everybody else except for you? At what point is enough enough? I mean, I'm watching the game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, who's the person that says this cannot happen anymore? I don't expect you to beat them every single time they play. And I don't know that they might win the next two games of this series and they might say, see, Mike Gill, we can beat the Marlins. But you didn't last night again in a game that you probably should and could have won. And it's just another reason where you look at this team and you just say, they're simply just not good enough. And now that might be they might not be good enough right now. Maybe as this season evolves, maybe as this season, which is very fluid, continues to go on, maybe they will get better. And I'm not suggesting they won't. But, man, it's frustrating when you see, here's the Marlins, and they got you again. And at the end of the year, the last couple of years, the last couple of years, I'd like to go back to that last three years. They have lost the season series to the Marlins three straight years. I would like to see if losing the season series to the Marlins, what that meant to their playoff opportunities. If you just flipped the script on your Marlins series, where would that put you? The Marlins last year won 67 games. They're horrible. They were 67 and 95. Of their 67 wins, how many came against you? And how many of those wins, you were six and a half back of the Atlanta Braves. But out of a playoff spot, right? You look back and say, man, 
What is our record against the Marlins, and what is that doing to our playoff chances? You cannot continue to lose series against the freaking Marlins. Hey, Mike Gill, they went to the playoffs in 2020. That was that 60-game shortened season where they were about a 500 team. And if you had beaten them in the season series, you probably make the playoffs in that 60-game slate. Josh, 2020, if you could find me the record of the Phillies and Marlins in 2021-2020, and I would say even like 2019, I think the Phillies, who finished 81-81, and 81, the Marlins that year were 57-105. and 57-105. But how many times did they beat you? I mean, what percentage of the Marlins' wins of the 57 they had came against the Phillies in 2019? I cannot take you seriously as any sort of contender until you prove to me that I could beat the teams that I'm supposed to beat. And again, I'm not saying you got to go 18-0 and against the Marlins, Right? Uh, that's not what I'm saying. You don't need to go 18-0 and against the Marlins. But you really should beat them 14-4, and 13-5. and You got to own those series. You got to own those series against the teams in your division that aren't good baseball teams. And newsflash, they qualify. They qualify as a team that's just, they're getting better. The Marlins are getting better, but that's just a frustrating loss last night. They lost three in a row. It's the fact that you lose to the Marlins. That's what it is. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. That game last night, you know, you take a look at how that game went. Alcantara just absolutely, you know, two runs, six and a third, and it's just so frustrating. Joey Wendell. Like the biggest underdog of all underdogs. Two RBI. It's like you lose to the team that has TJ McConnell. McConnell's a hard-nosed, tough player, but you don't lose to that team. At the end of the day, you say, hey, kid, man, your team lost, but you really hustled your ass off. It's like how you lose that really is just drives you nuts sometimes. And on this happy hour Friday, I don't want to come in and be like, oh, my God, you're losing the Marlins again. I want to feel like, hey, got off on the right foot, a little weekend down in Miami. No, Gene Segura, sore wrist last night, day-to-day. Sam Coonrod, we told you before the game, 60-day DL. Starting to look at the, uh, the injuries on this team, bullpen problems. Already the Phillies are moving guys all over the bullpen. Zach Eflin tonight, Pablo Lopez for the Marlins. That'll be the uh, pitching matchup tonight. Phillies, look, for me on Monday when I get in here, I hope I have to say, thankfully, the Phillies proved me wrong. They took up the two games. If they, as long as they win the season series, that's all I'm asking. Win the season series, win this series two games to one, and I'm okay with that. You're going to lose games. You're going to lose to the Marlins. But you start off with the loss. Real Muto, 4-for-4 four four last night. 
you have a situation in uh, the starting pitching where Gibson wasn't nearly as crisp as he was the first time he pitched, which is to be expected. So you had a team in the Marlins that Philly scores first, bats go cold, Schwarber starts off the game. I think he doubled to start the game off if memory serves. And then the Marlins get four. They score three in the fourth, one in the fifth, and it's like, here we go again. And they just couldn't get the big hit. Frustrating night, frustrating team right now. Not that I'm down on the team. I'm not saying they stink. I'm just saying, look, again, this team's roster just seems to be a little short, a little short. You know, they're good. Phillies are good. They're a good, solid team. I don't know. Still, I'm not convinced right now. I have them at 88 wins, I think, is the number that I had. 88 should get you in the playoffs, but I'm not convinced that they are a full-fledged playoff team, and and losing series to the Marlins is my reason why. Phillies have not won the season series against the Marlins since 2018. Right. Three straight seasons, they have lost the series, the season series against the Marlins. So for three straight years, they have never lost the season series four straight seasons to the Marlins. If the Marlins win the season series this year, that would be the first time that they had won the season series four straight times. 2021, the Phillies went 8-10 and 10 versus the Marlins, finished the year 82-80. and 80. So they were 8-10 and 10 against the Marlins. Let me see. 8-10. and 10. That's a two-game set separation. That doesn't affect too much, I don't think. Let's see. Uh, eight in 2021, you said? 2021, yeah, last year. So last year, 2021, 8 and 10. If that was flipped to 10, the Phillies would have had 84. 84 wins. That's still not good enough. All right, so them beating the Marlins two extra times or flipping that record two extra times would not have changed them being in the playoffs last year. 2020, they went 3 and 7 against the Marlins. 3 and 7 would have changed the ledger. If they would have gone 7 and 3, Philly would have been in the playoffs. Miami would not have. They been. finished that year 28 and 32 in the shortened season. Right. Sequence. Four extra wins would have put you at 32. The Marlins finished with 31. If they took four extra losses, they would have uh, not made the playoffs. The Marlins, Philly would have got in. So losing the season series against the Marlins cost you the playoffs in 2020. 2019, they went 9 and 10. Against the Marlins, they finished the year eighty-one and eighty-one. All right, overall. so that would not have helped them out. To flip it, now the Marlins beat them how many times? Ten. They've beaten them ten times in twenty nineteen, ten times in twenty twenty-one. So the Marlins only won fifty-seven games. Ten of their fifty-seven wins came against you. Oh, that's horrible! Horrible. By the way, the last time they beat the Marlins in this season series. It was actually pretty close. It was eleven and eight, right. so it wasn't like it wasn't like they were like right away with it. There, no. I mean, something has to change there. And look, that to me, until you can start to prove that you can beat that level of team consistently, you know, you're probably going to go. If you want to win the division, you're probably going to go about five hundred against the Mets. You're probably going to go about five. You better anyway go about five hundred against the Mets. About five hundred against the Braves. But if you want to pull away and get to that next series of teams, the wild card team or the division leading team, you have to bury the two teams at the bottom of your division. If you're going to go 500 against the top two teams in your division, you got to bury the two teams at the bottom half of your division. And the team that can't do that finishes in third. 
That's what happens, and that's where the Phillies have been. They've been third because they don't take advantage of the teams at the bottom of the ledger. Mike, they were one inning away of being swept by the Mets. Yeah, they were one inning away of getting swept by the Mets. Hey, through hell or high water, I don't care how you get the win, just get the win. But they lost two out of three to the Mets already. And now they're down a game to the Marlins. Got to get the dub tonight. Got to win this series. Eflin on the mound. Pablo Lopez, who threw well his first time out for the Marlins. Lineup is, let's see, I have not seen it out yet. Let me, uh, I'll double check on that for you guys out there. I'm sure it'll be out soon if it's not out already. I do not see it. So, no, no no lineup quite yet. Uh, we'll get that for you here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Text board. That is the text number. You can always text in your reaction, your thoughts, your engagement is always welcomed on this show. You text, I'll read, I'll react. You can listen on the free mobile app, the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app where you can message us. If you're listening on the app on your phone, you can message us through the app on your phone. I'll read and react to your messages as well. Now, three more chances, or excuse me, four more chances today to qualify on the Sports Bash for Pick Your Trip. We are giving away an Eagles road trip to an Eagles road game this season. Here's the thing. You get to pick the road game. You pick which road game you want to go to. It's all thanks to our friends at phillysportstrips.com and Ernest & Sons Old Fashioned Butcher Shop in Brigantine. We're having an Eagles draft party on Thursday of next week. We will be live at Slack Tide Brewing Company in Cape May Courthouse. If you enter, if you register, you must be present to win at the draft party, and we will select one lucky listener who is there live in attendance. So when you get there, you will have to sign in. If you have registered and you do not show up, you cannot sign in, and therefore you cannot win. So four chances today on the Sports Bash, one tonight on game night at 655 uh, final week of registration is next. Uh, is it what today is it today? No, next week. The draft is two Thursdays from now. Correct. Yeah, sorry. I thought I'm getting too excited for the draft. I thought it was next Thursday. Well, the anticipation's building. I can't even believe there's a whole another week to go before the draft. They should really move this draft process up a week, don't you think? <laughs> we had Ryan Roberts on the other day, and he said he's already on to the 2023 class. He's like. Um, you know, you're, you just overload it with, with information on this class. What about this? What if you did round one one week, then rounds two and three the next week, and then rounds four through seven the week after? I don't even think I'd have a problem with that. Like, spread it out Every a Thursday, bit. you look forward to the draft. Yeah. And just don't put the NBA games on Thursday. Exactly. God almighty, that still has me jacked. I don't even know what's worse, Mike, is, is the... Sixers game six the night of the draft worse, or the Sixers two p.m. on a Saturday worse? I well, I, to me the 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 fact that the NBA put four games on the same night as the draft is malpractice. It's just dumb. It's 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 incomprehensible that you would say we want to put our biggest games, our biggest moments, up against the Goliath, the the biggest night of the NFL offseason. Yeah. Why would I want to put any basketball game on against that? That that'd be like putting some like random 
I don't know, some random NASCAR race on a Sunday against the NFL Week 1? Like, what's you, you think anyone's going to pay attention? No. no. Um, all right, let's shift gears over to football for uh, a couple minutes here. What do you make of this? The Eagles reportedly made a strong offer for uh, Stephon Gilmore, according to Jacina Anderson, uh, but they fell short. He ended up going to the Colts. So the Colts sign Gilmore, but the fact of the matter is this. Yes, the Eagles did try to make a strong, they, a quote, made a hard play for Gilmore. They seem to be falling short on a lot of these guys, but they're trying to get somebody here, and Gilmore would have been a pretty big get for them. So they tried to go the free agent route again and try to get Gilmore here, and they seemingly keep striking out, which means their margin of error in the draft is getting slimmer and slimmer because if you bring in Gilmore, you could draft a guy in the first round still, and maybe, hey, you groom him to be the next guy behind Gilmore. But now you can't get Gilmore here. You wonder where they go next. Are they going down the road to trying to find a veteran? Are they trying to say, you know what, we'll fill that hole in the draft? I think that's an interesting storyline. Now hearing that it's out there, that Philadelphia made a hard play, according to Josina Anderson, for Gilmore. And according to the Vegas odds, they are the favorite to try to get Tyron Matthew. So we'll see if they go down that road. I wonder if they were going to try to bring both of them in. Well, knowing what we know about the fact that they were close on Marcus Williams as well, and the fact that they were serious about getting Gilmore, I'm going to assume that they're pretty serious about Matthew, whether they, you know, matter what happened with Gilmore. And, Mike, I would wonder, is there a part of you that says, hey, if I had to choose between Gilmore and Matthew, do you maybe prefer Matthew because you know you can get a top-tier corner in the draft? Um. Fair question. I definitely think that. I definitely think that getting Matthew would be the preference of the Eagles. No, I take that back, because obviously, I. I it's not an easy question. I would say it's harder to draft a corner. I think than a safety. Yeah. So, Especially for this organization, although they haven't done very well in either. Well, they haven't drafted much corners in a, a while. Basically. Right, they haven't done a very good job. They drafted Russell Douglas in the third. They drafted Sidney Jones in the second. Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox, I think, was a fourth. And he's been pretty good. I mean, but they just have not done. But they haven't gone heavy corner in a while. Well, they haven't gone corner in the first two rounds. Right. So that's one thing. The last time they did that was Lito and Sheldon. And they've gone safety very infrequently. Um I think you would rather. I think, I think they would rather bring the safety in via free agency, draft and groom the corner. But the fact that they made the hard push for Gilmore, I'm wondering if they were trying to get both of those guys, Gilmore and Matthew. And now, do they put the heart, the, the full court press on on Matthew? Well, maybe it's one of those deals, Mike, where you say, "Hey, we're going to try to get them all, but if we can't get them all, we at least we walk away with one." Well, last year I remember having the conversation about, "Hey, they need to find that corner opposite of Darius Slay. They got to figure out what they're going to do." And when they signed him, my point was, "Hey, before your defense was not even competitive on the other side. Like your right. other corner was going to be a guy that was just going to get picked on. Nelson wasn't great, but they also didn't just go right after him. Correct. He was a veteran guy that kind of." you know, held the fort. Yeah, he gave you an honest day's effort. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm 
I'm trying to peel the onion back to say, all right, they made a hard play for Stephon Gilmore. What does that say? Do they not like the corners in this draft? I think that's kind of like where I'm headed. Like, do they do their homework on the corners and say, you know what, we just have, don't love this class, have they so resigned, let's go corner? Have they resigned themselves back to maybe that it's going to be like last year and they didn't get the guy they want? Like, Remember last year the whole thing was you know, Sertain and maybe we can get him or one of those big three. They didn't get him, and they were like, all right. Well, you there's... Know. There was really the two corners last year, Sertan and... Um, the guy drafted by Carolina. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank, too. Me, so. too. Um, he, he hurt his ankle at some point during the season. But he was the eighth pick, and Sertan was the ninth pick, and then Philadelphia went tenth. After that, Caleb Farley was the next corner picked. He was 22nd. I can remember all those minor minutia details, but I can't think of the guy's name. <laughs> right? Crazy. I remember that he was the eighth pick. He definitely was the eighth pick. Sertan was the ninth pick. Smith went 10. Farley went 22nd. So, to me, there was two corners that the Eagles had interest in. They both went before they picked. I think this year at J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn, South Carolina. I remember that. <laughs> Jeez. I saw his face. I saw his number. And my, I couldn't remember the guy's name. <laughs> so this year, mm-hmm. I think there will be – there's more corners in the first round. We talked about this with Andrew DeCecco yesterday that the Eagles would have interest in. Whether it be McDuffie, whether it be, I don't think they're going to get Sauce Gardner, but maybe they want to trade up. I think there's more options. Right? Definitely more options. The list of corners in the first round, I think, are more prevalent than last year, where I think it was Horn and Sertan were the two guys the Eagles would have been happy drafting. They were both gone. This year, I think when 15 comes, it's going to be like, huh, do we want McDuffie? Do we want. Um, from Booth. Clemson. Right. And there's others as well. You wait, maybe wait a little bit later and get Elam with the second first-round pick. To me, there's a lot of options at corner in the draft, whereas to me, after Kyle Hamilton, it becomes a business decision. It becomes a scheme decision, Mike, because I know Briskert was in there from Penn State visiting with them yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, and I know Gannon was at his pro day. For the Eagles, You know, to me, unless you're getting Kyle Hamilton, you know, you're not going to go crazy about going after a safety unless a guy comes to you. No, I think the Hamilton thing, if you take a look at the options at 15, right? So I think Sauce Gardner will be the one corner that will definitively be off the board. Stingley, he could be there. He probably won't. But if he's there at 15, I think the Eagles would have interest. I think they have to have have interest because of his pedigree. Stingley, McDuffie. Probably you're going into the range of Andrew Booth, right? You have to talk about Booth and Elam. I know they haven't talked about it a lot, but Booth, first of all, is a guy who was on a top-tier. People forget, Clemson was one of the best defenses of college football last year, but their offense was such trash that they lost a ton of games. Booth was part of that great defense. And then Elam at Florida... He was a guy who you basically told him, go and play somebody one-on-one, and we trust you on that side of the field. And more often than not, he was successful in the SEC. So, 
I think there are more depth options at 15 or 18 at corner than there was last year. But the fact that they made a hard push to get Stephon Gilmore, there's two ways to look at this. One, does that excite you to say that, hey, the Eagles are trying here? They might not be connecting, but they're trying, or do you not care about that? Does that, hey, they're trying, but they're not getting, so I don't care. The fact that they're trying, does that say that their mindset is, we can we can do something here? I say you have to give him credit for trying. It's like it's like the guy when you're out with your buddies and he, he tries to get the number of them as every girl he talks to. Like, you give him credit for actually trying, right? Now that guy makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he does. The guy who just keeps asking girls for their phone number makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Come on. I give the guy credit for having this. No, 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 no. I can't give that guy credit. Can't give him any credit. No. Not you not. make me uncomfortable. Why? And the girl's like, I don't really want to give you my number. You're putting me on the spot now. Just let them ask you for your number. How often does that work? My whole life. Well, it's you. That's not everybody else. That's why I like me. That's why I don't like that other guy. He makes me uncomfortable. I like it my way better. I give the guy credit for asking. You would. You would. I do, because guess what? More often than not, I, I don't have always the stones to do it myself. Right. Sports Bash is live. Travel with the pros at Philly Sports Trips. If you're a diehard Philly fan who is looking for some great Philly sports road trips, it's time to check out the full trip lineup at phillysportstrips.com. I'm not asking you for your number. You can be rest assured on that. You're not my type anyway. <laughs> uh, you had a couple zingers today. I have like good days. Yeah. All right. Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Uh, coming up. Uh, Rostied in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll preview Sixers and Raptors. Kaplan for football at 4. Paul Hudrick tonight. Busy show. I hope you'll be a part of it. Here's the number to do so. 609-403-0973 on the text board. 609-403-0973. That's how you text me. If you're listening on the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app, you can message me through the app. Or you can call us at 609 609- 573-3776-609-573-3776. Happy Hour Friday! Now, back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, so tomorrow, the Phillies play, the Flyers play, and the Sixers play. I was wondering how NBC was going to do this. NBC Sports Philadelphia. They have two channels for three teams. So here's what we got. The Phillies play tomorrow at 3 o'clock. All right? The Sixers play at 6, and the Flyers play at 7. So you're getting Phillies on plus at 3. You're getting Flyers on plus at 7. And you're getting the Sixers on regular NBC Sports Philadelphia at 6. So they're putting the Phillies on plus tomorrow to be safe in case they cross over the 6 o'clock. If you get like a three-hour game tomorrow, which is quite possible. So now the Phillies have a four-hour window to get their game in 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 case the Flyers game, which starts at 7 o'clock. I would imagine 
you know I would be rooting for the Phillies game to be like a four-and-a-half-hour marathon, and I'd like to see what they do with the Flyers game. Do they, do they put it like picture-in-picture picture and give you like a little uh, bubble up at the top of the screen with the Flyers game? That would be too fun, but they're not about fun, so I doubt they're going to do that. Well, that's I, w- I thought the Phillies played at night, so I thought you were getting all three at the same time. I still like the fact that they have them on the plus, and the Sixers are exclusively on the regular. Well, that last way you get week, the regular pregame show. Well, you you get all the pregame stuff on both. I mean, they do Sixers pregame like tomorrow, for instance. I, well, I'm I, just saying, for example, if the Phillies went long, there would be no Sixers pregame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why. See, I was only asking because last week, it's my understanding. And I don't know this to be 100 percent accurate. That the Flyers take precedence because of, you know, Comcast, Snyder, all that stuff. That they get Comcast, the regular, the main channel. Like last week, the Flyers were on regular Comcast Sports, NBC Philadelphia. Right. And the Sixers were on Plus. Which was ridiculous. Right. I mean, the Flyers are so far out of it. Now, for most people, if you have the normal cable package, it's not that big of a deal. They're right. one they're, channel apart. Right. They're right next to each other. I don't know who doesn't have, who has one and not the other. Nobody. I don't think he even comes with one. So being on Plus isn't that big of a deal. It's almost like if you're on ESPN. I love how people are like, well, you're on ESPN2 as opposed to. Who doesn't have ESPN2? They're right next to each other. Right, but who doesn't have it? I don't, if you have ESPN, I don't, don't you like by default? Does anybody out there not have, anybody listening out there not have ESPN2? <laughs> if they don't, I question them. What cable package would you get? Because like. Obviously, ESPN2 is not distributing it in as many homes. How is that possible? How don't you get it? What package do you have to have that you don't get ESPN2? The ripped-off package. Right? I mean, <laughs> hey, give me the one that just has ESPN. How do you not have the deuce? Remember when it was called the deuce? The deuce, yeah. Yeah, it had like the weird like... The weird two symbol with the slash at the end. Right, so... I miss those days. The plus channel is where the Sixers were last week when they played at the same time as the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, Todd that, Rank would definitely funny. ask every girl for their number. That's not accurate. He's not a number asker. They asked him for his number. That I can verify. Terry and Galloway. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You hang out with Todd Rank, you don't need someone to ask a girl for their number. They ask him for his number. That's facts. There you go. Right? He's telling people, I've already given my number out enough today. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> I've given my number out Yeah, I, My number's already been asked for way too many times. Sorry. You've, you're too late. <laughs> That's how that kind of goes. He's not a, believe me, Terry and Galloway, he ain't asking anybody for their number. Uh, and if he does, well, I'm pretty sure she's not uncomfortable. She's probably waiting for him to ask for that. Now, if Josh is asking for the number, she's probably trying to get out of it. You don't think so? I doubt That's why you're that. saying. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's why you're saying you give the guy credit because you wouldn't do it. No, no, no. I give the guy credit because since you decided to open this Pandora's box, I blame <laughs> you for what comes out of my mouth. Next, full disclosure, an attempt to be clarified in a of vulnerability, I have social anxiety. And because of my anxiety. Yeah, that's why you wouldn't ask I'm in, I'm in a lot of situations where I probably should ask for a I think that's number, why a I lot don't. of people don't ask for something that they really want. Well, there's probably a situation. I, 
I have been told after the fact situation. Ah, oh, you should have asked me for my number. Right. Oh, you should have asked me for my number. Or, you know, her friend will be, I'll see her friend somewhere else. Like, I I remember there was this group of girls I used to work with when I was at Water Park years ago. And they were all like, we all thought you had a girlfriend because you never asked anyone for their number. And I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't know what to say to that. They're like, you should have asked for our number. Well, regardless, like, I will tell you that you're still making them uncomfortable. Regardless of anxiety or not. Don't use that as a crutch. Know that if you're asking, you're normally putting them in an uncomfortable, a non-comfortable situation. Don't be that guy. Very presumptive of you. I wouldn't know if they are uncomfortable or not. <laughs> yeah, guess what? I've seen it happen way too many times. You put this poor girl in this spot where the annoying guy's kind of, hey, can I have your number? I'll call you sometime. And she's like, get this guy away from me. Yeah, but me. that's not the same what we're talking about. I'm talking about you have a great conversation with somebody and then the night's coming to an end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although in today's world, I've noticed that people ask you numbers less and it's more like, hey, can I get your Instagram or Facebook? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I should follow you on social media. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, had, I've literally had people turn to me and... Like, hey, can I follow, can I add you on Facebook? And I'm like, sure, why not? I don't care. Yeah, go for it. Have a blast. You know how many people are backed up in my friend's request list? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually had a conversation with, with, with my best friend over the weekend. I was saying that I don't approve anybody on Facebook unless I've met you. That's like my rule. If I haven't met you. So you have nobody on your Facebook that you've never met before. Correct. I have to have met you in some capacity. Like, I have to know you on some some level. I have to know you. So you don't have one person who listens to the show and then friend requests you, and you haven't quite met them, but maybe you've spoken to them. Well, yeah, I've, like, maybe, like, I've had, like, multiple conversations with them. So you haven't met them in person. But I've had conversations. Is that a meeting? To me, it counts as, like, some sort of interaction that I know you. could be getting catfished by this person. You know, like, for example, I'll... Do you, can I, if I can name somebody, Joey D. Inventor. All right. You're friends with Joey D. Inventor on Facebook. Yeah. And him and I talk probably once a week. Have you ever met Joey D. Inventor? I have not. I have had the pl- privilege and the honor of meeting Joey D. Inventor. In fact, he came to a remote one time and brought me a nice cap that says Ventner on it. And Joey D., I still have that hat. Blue hat, red Ventner, right across the front. Joey Very D, nice gesture. Joey D and I he have brought been Pete meeting. Thompson something, and I'm sure Pete doesn't even remember <laughs> what he got. But Joey D. Inventor... This guy remembers because I appreciate you. The PT, I'll call him out because he's listening. I'm sure you don't remember what Joey D. Inventor brought for you. Joey D. Inventor and I have been meaning to grab beers together, but we keep missing Is that the schedules. case? Yeah, well, you know, he's got a kid now. He's, you know, he's on daddy duty sometimes. All right. A little busy. He's married. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not. It's because you're not asking anybody for their number. <laughs> You got to be forward well, well, and just ask. Well, you want the phone to, number? Uh, just go up and ask her. According to your policy, it's a good thing I'm not asking for numbers. Yeah, you're probably better off. <laughs> Anytime that you have to result down the road where you need to ask, that's not the right one. <laughs> I can totally see it. Be like, hey, you, yeah. you, you, you missed trouble there. Why? You didn't yeah. ask for a number. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Should have asked. Should have asked. Uh, Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN, the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Hey, coming up, we've got uh, Sixers and Raptors this weekend. We'll take a look at Toronto, their side of things. You know in Toronto, it's not actually pronounced Toronto? Toronto. Yeah. The R is like a rolled R. It's like a blurred word. It's like a a rolled R. I heard that on a podcast this morning. Guy from the Toronto, the Toronto 
Toronto. Uh, Toronto sports talk radio station uh, was doing a podcast talking about the series, mm-hmm. and he was actually it was uh, Richard Deitch who is on the Toronto Toronto sports talk radio station. He did the podcast. His guest was Kate guy. Scott. So he was saying about how it's actually pronounced Toronto. I think I'm saying that right. Even if you're not, I get what you're saying. But it's not Toronto. Yeah, it's not enunciated like we would. No, we say it wrong. All right, I'm Mike Gill, Sports Bash Live. Happy hour Friday. Joey D, I remember what you got me. Pete Thompson does not. I can vouch for that. (laughs) I love you keep just throwing that in there. (laughs) And you know the PT's like, damn it, what did he get me? PT's like going through it. We're at Wonder Bar. He brought it to Wonder Bar. We were doing a show at Wonder Bar one day. Oh, that was like, what, like three years ago? A while ago. I can't verify the year, but he brought pride. He brought uh, pride. He brought gifts for all of us. Is this the one we were on the on like the outside area? I believe we were inside. Oh, inside. I believe that, we were inside. There's a few. It was, you know what it was for? That. I think it was either for. It could have been for the a pick your trip. Either that. Was or the Sixers drift? It, it could have been the Sixers drift. I don't remember the actual event, but I do remember we were at Wonder Bar. That was a draft. And I remember, because I, I still have the hat. Blue hat, red Ventnor, bang, right across the front. You're not that much of a hat guy, though. I don't wear hats all that much. No, I don't. But I still have the hat. Is it displayed proudly? It is. It's in my closet, displayed with all my other Ventnor stuff. Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. To more Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. 247 on the Sports Bash. Happy Hour Friday, everybody. We like to ask you on the Happy Hour Friday, what you getting into this weekend? What's your taster of choice? What are you drinking? What are you sipping on? Well, I'm planning on going to Slack Type Brewery. That's your plan, huh? What are you uh, getting the lay of the land for us? Yeah, to find out the good spots. Mm-hmm. I like a good angry osprey at the uh, Slack Tide. That's my favorite. Is that your go-to? Angry osprey is my favorite, especially if I'm out of a local establishment and I see that Slack Tide is on tap. Now, again, we were doing a show over at Vagabond for 99 Bottles, and a mysterious gentleman or lady, I don't know, I think it was a guy because I kind of saw him kind of walking away, he put a six-pack variety of Slack Tide on the table, and it had, like, six different beers. I love variety packs. I'm a big fan of variety packs. I like a variety pack, but, you know, they got to be your, to your flavor. True, but still. You give like, me a coffee stout, I'm probably <laughs> not all that thrilled. Well, my thing is, even if it's not something I, I per se am looking for or want, I still, I'm a big fan of trying things at least once. Sure, oh, I'll give it a try. Like, for example. But I know, I, like, a dark... Coffee stout or yeah. a dark stout in general is probably 
not going to be to my liking. Well, the reason I said is, for example, so when I was doing the breweries article of all the breweries keep me can, which you can go see at 973ESPN.com, I'm trying almost everything on the menu. And I got to say, even though certain things like a dark stout, for example, or a dark lager are maybe not my, you know, my go-to or my cup of tea, there's some pretty good ones out there. I got to give some of these people credit. I'm in. All right. I will uh, definitely. Now, here's the thing. You know, they've got a bunch of different selections down there to kind of go through. I think it would probably get me in some trouble if I tried them all. Well, you just get a little flight, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if Couple I just flights. started to uh, try, like, hey, give me a taster of all these different beers. There's nothing better than a couple flights on a Saturday afternoon. Saturday would be nice. Thursday night, a mm, little different. <laughs> yeah, the Angry Osprey is, uh, you can get that on tap at a lot of places in the area. I actually, um, I'm a fan of the Ridge. Have you had the Ridge down there? The Ridge there? is very good as well. I like the Ridge. I also, now I think it's more of a seasonal for them, the Counter Current. I like that one. The Intercoastal, I like that one. Uh, my buddy loves that um, that Milk Stout they have. I forget the name of that one. but The Milk Stout is smooth. It's a, it's a very smooth beer, which is always a plus. The Knockdown IPA, that's a uh, a black IPA, a little 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 darker version. It's uh, another one. My buddy likes that one. The Knockdown IPA had, actually, that one's like 8.3. That'll knock you on your ass a little bit. <laughs> uh, another one I like over there is the Tipsy Dipsy Double IPA. Tipsy, Dipsy, I was going to say, that's the Double Disco. Yeah. All right. it's, got, it's got a nice little citrus what, uh, to it. Oh, because tomorrow you got Phillies at 3. Mm-hmm. And then Sixers at 6. Right. I mean, the Flyers, who cares at this point? But is that what you're going uh, to check out there? Well, my idea was I was going to go before the Sixers game. Phillies so, at three. Yeah. That's what I said. But I'm, I'm probably going to be somewhere else for the Sixers game. Oh, okay. So my idea was you do a little is, bouncing around. You know, early Saturday afternoon, go hit up the slack Well, you got guy. the basketball all day. I mean, tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock, the, the game start. Right. The Dal- Was it Dallas-Utah tomorrow? Yep. You got the, no Luca. By the, the NBA way. starts at one. Phillies at three. Sixers at six. I mean, you can really get yourself twisted. This is true. It's a good day. <laughs> not, definitely not a bad day. No, not not anything wrong with that. I, I like that. Happy hour Friday here on the Sports Bash. Sixers and uh, the Raptors, of course, and you can hear that game at six o'clock on ninety-seven-three ESPN. I do have, you know, there's a lot of this uh, James Harden stuff they've been talking about seemingly the last couple of days about whether he's got pressure or not. Every listen, network. Listen yeah. to this. Okay, here's the thing. The fact that he, he like, he might say, and, and, and Legler said it the other day, like, you can say whatever you want. James Harden has to understand, and if he doesn't, how obtuse can you be? Mm-hmm. To this fan base. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has to know, okay, maybe I'm not feeling pressure for me personally, but the pressure to deliver a championship. And my thing would be, if he doesn't feel that, then you ain't the right guy for this town. That's 100% correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't feel the pressure of saying, I was brought here to help deliver something to this town that they haven't had since 1983. So maybe the pressure's not on me but I want the pressure. I want to cut it th- like a knife. I want to cut through that pressure and say, I was brought here to end this drought from 1983, and I want to be the guy that was the reason we did it. That's what I want to hear from James Harden. Not, 
eh, I've accomplished enough and I'm ready to go. I want to hoop. Let's go. I want to hear, I was brought here to do something, and I want to be the guy that's the reason we did something. That would make you feel a hell of a lot better entering these playoffs. Now, the Embiid stuff I find interesting because when are they announcing the MVP? Do you have the answer to that question? Because there's a lot of people. He ain't winning the MVP. And if he does, I'll be shocked. But if he doesn't win that MVP, I almost don't want him to win the MVP. Right? I don't want Embiid to win the MVP because I think he would take it personally. You didn't give me the MVP. Let me show you what I can do for this team. So I think all of us out there should be rooting against Embiid for the MVP at this point. You on board with that? I don't know if I go with that. I, th- I think that's a little over the top. I, I think You don't think it would drive him to sh- prove to people in these next p- two months you should have voted for me? I think Embiid's going to do whatever it takes to prove people wrong no matter what they Well, maybe he scores 35 and instead now he's scoring 45. I think there's definitely an element of he will feel disrespected and wronged if he doesn't win the MVP so much to the point that I think it's almost worth enough to hope that he doesn't get the MVP. Now, Plus, I think there's some monetary penalties for the Sixers if he wins the MVP award to his contract. True. By the way, the MVP is usually announced around the start of the NBA Finals each year. Oh, so he won't know? He won't know. Oh, I thought it was before that. And usually, I'm reading online, the NBA is going to announce the finalists for all the awards during the what they expect to be the second round of the playoffs. So he'll be a finalist. Right. It'll but be we him. We don't know if he won or not. Right. It'll be him, Jokic, and, and Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, I do have a bet on Giannis. I threw I that down about a month ago. I'm a Giannis guy. You know that. I prop swap that at this point. Think anybody... Billy Schwein's dumb enough to take it. Hey, Billy, will you take my bet? Do you want to buy my Giannis Antetokounmpo bet from me? Listen, yeah, Billy can't even say Giannis's name right, okay? Well, that's what I'm saying. He, Giannis is great. You want to bet? I'll sell you my ticket. I'll prop swap my ticket to you. Come on, Mike. You could have the ticket. Mike, come on. <laughs> Giannis is going to – I would imagine it's going to be Giannis, Jokic, and – Wait, Giannis won Billy Schwein's What was the bet he made with Pete? <laughs> At that point, I said, my God, are you kidding me? Oh, that Ben Simmons was going to play in Philadelphia. Oh, right, right, right. I yeah. mean, come on. That was, that was just was obtuse. Never going to happen. Obtuse is right. All right, next hour, Ryan's here. We'll talk a lot of Sixers and Raptors. Stick around for that. Adam Kaplan, football at four. First, this. Caller seven, where are you? 609-573-3776. 609-573-3776. Caller seven, you are entered for Pick Your Trip, where you have a chance to win a trip for two the 2022 road game of your choice. It includes airfare, hotel, and a pregame tailgate party and two tickets to the Philadelphia Eagles road game of your choice. It's all courtesy of Philly Sports Trips. Do Philly Sports Trips with the pros. Plan your trip at phillysportstrips.com and brought to you by Ernest & Sons Old Fashioned Butcher Shop in Brigantine. You must be present to win at Slack Tide Brewing Company, 1072 Route 83 in Cape May Courthouse. Caller number seven. Good luck. We have another chance for you to qualify coming up today at 455, 355.
This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, just after three, Sports Bash, the NBA playoffs tomorrow, Sixers and Raptors, 6 o'clock. A lot of good matchups. We'll get into them all this hour. Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia City cast is here as we look at all the angles of Sixers and Raptors on a happy hour Friday. We've got uh, plenty to dive into. Let's uh, break it all down now as uh, happy, happy hour Friday to you, Ryan Rothstein. What's up, man? Waza. Are you? Can we bring uh, that back? Are you, uh, no, no, we can't. Are you okay. asking a, a female for their number, or are you waiting? Uh, no. I mean, I feel like that's a very '90s thing to do. You know, you asking know, for a phone number. Scene. What's that? What asking for the phone number? Yeah, I mean, you don't just walk up and say, "Hey, can I get your number?" And you know, they'll probably mace you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you get the convo going and then see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Get the convo I, you know, going my, and see what happens. So then what's the, like, that, that awkward moment of, like, okay, I'm going in one direction, you're going the other. It's like, can I get your number? Do we talk again? How's that, how's that go down? I mean, ideally, you walk in the same direction and you don't even have a number. You know what I mean? All right. And then that's you it. Get, you get where I'm going? I do. I do. Okay. But, at some yeah. point, there might have to be <laughs> some sort of asking about communication after this night is over. Well, I'm saying maybe you don't want communication. It's possible. Okay. Just have some fun, right. you know? I said, you know, you don't want to be the fu- Like, you don't want to be the one who, like, the, the uncomfortable friend who always asks for people's numbers. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't do that. You know, you can't do that. Is that friend that. in You're your gonna... group or is that you? What's that? Is that friend in your group or is that you? No, that's not me. Yeah. That is not Do you me. have that I'm friend? I'm using the vibe by the bar, like Dumb and Dumber. Right. I'm using the vibe by the bar here. Do you yes. have that friend, though, that he asked for the, the numbers? I think we all have that, like, awkward friend, you know, whether it's the numbers or just, you know, there's three of you and three of them, and your one friend is just botching everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's he, not good. That uncomfortable zone of, all right, stop, man. Stop asking. She's annoyed. Yeah. Why don't you go get us some drinks, man? Or go change the channel on the TV. Uh, all right. Sixers and Raptors tomorrow here on 97.3 ESPN, 6 o'clock. you have any clear um, feeling on this series? Uh, or is it just like, hey, I'm very interested to see how this all goes down? No, I mean, when, when you say clear feeling, like confidence level, I think, is is what we're talking. And, and no, I, I think this is... And I've been asked about it all week now on a few different shows, and I've talked about it on the CityCast. Like, this is – anytime you make a prediction that it's going to go seven games, any series, doesn't have to be the 76ers. And that's my prediction. I have the Sixers in seven. That is basically – I can translate it. It means I have no damn clue. Right. Uh, you know, this, we have no clue how this is going to go. Well, okay, but. so I know, like, if that's the case, what is that saying about this playoff run? Like, should we not get our hopes up if we're like – I'm concerned about getting out of the first round against a team that, let's be honest, I mean, the Raptors are good, Van Fleet's good, Siakam's good, but they ain't what's out there. Like, it's not, they're not Giannis, they're not Butler, they're not uh, Durant and Kyrie. You know, this right. is a team that really, 
I mean, if you can't get past this team or if you're concerned about beating this team, do you really think this team can be big and do better? I think they can. I think they can. I think the the, the part that has our nerves going or the fans' nerves going, whatever it may be, uncertainty, un, you know, not sure of what's going to happen, is just because the inconsistency and the newness of James Harden. Like, we, we feel like there's a potential there that can get this team minimum to the Eastern Conference Finals. But we also know there's enough flaws and weaknesses there that could have them lose this series against Toronto. So it's sort of just like a white-knuckle buckle up uh, and, and hopefully they can get through this series and hopefully we can have some reasons for optimism after watching them in, in round one. But I am curious to see not only how James Harden plays, but how about this, MG? What about Joel Embiid? He hasn't been lighting it up in his playoff career. Uh, you know, he needs to step up and continue to be the MVP of this league. Yeah, and I know I, I, I thought they in, announced the MVP earlier than they do. I guess I'm incorrect about that. For some reason, I thought it would because, you know, I was, they used to. Did they used to do that? Like you would know who yeah, the they used to before the playoffs would start. But now they okay. have an award show at the end of June. Gotcha. God, I was going to say, I thought you knew who the MVP was in the playoffs. And, yes. And now they do it a different way. OK, because I was saying like it would almost be like I would be rooting against Embiid to win the MVP. Uh, and maybe it doesn't matter because I think he probably knows in his mind that he's not winning it anyway. You yeah. know, just to go out there and be like, you didn't vote for me. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's enough because Harden, you know, I, I would like Harden to not be like, hey, I'm ready to ball. I would be like, listen, I was brought here to do something and I want to I want to finish that, you know, that mission. I want to finish that. He's been a little too laissez-faire uh, for my liking in the lead up here. How so? Why, why do you say that? I don't know. It feels like, um, look, I've had a lot of playoff failures. Like, I, I, like I'm speaking as him right now. Like, hey, I've yeah. had a lot of playoff failures. It's my time to get past that. Like, I'm here. At, I'm at a certain spot in my career. I need to break through that. He seems content with where he is and what he's accomplished. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Like, listen, if if he comes out and says – man, there's a ton of pressure on me and this team, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm feeling it and we have to deliver, you know, how would that be interpreted? Like, I think he's been around long enough that he knows how his words can get twisted and he doesn't even want to insinuate uh, that he has come up small and that he does know that in the back of his mind. Right. So he's like, nah, I don't have any pressure. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that answer. I don't think we have to analyze that too much. Right. I mean, he's asked, like, do you have anything to prove? He's like, I don't. I don't feel any pressure for me. It's going out there and playing my game, trying to help my team win. We've got a lot of work to do, but we're all very confident. Like, okay, I get it. I don't feel the pressure. And I'm not saying that he has to feel pressure, but he has to acknowledge that this organization brought him here for one reason, not to get to the second round. They brought mm-hmm. him here to win a championship, something that hasn't been done since 1983, and I don't know that he's embracing it. In other words, I don't know that he is fully aware of what this fan base is like or about yet. Yeah, I, maybe. You know, I think, once again, I think I, I wouldn't go that far. I think it's maybe a little bit unfair, but professional sports isn't fair. So, you know, kind of is what professional it is. Professional sports isn't fair, and it's, eek, it's, it's even more not fair in this town. Oh, absolutely. Of all the yeah, towns fair. in the world, this might be the least fair that it is. Yes, and, you know, that's what makes us so great. But I, I agree with you 1,000%. One, 1, I mean, I'll ask you this. 
there is pressure on James Harden, right? Regardless of what he says, there is pressure on this organization and Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey and jo- Joel Embiid and everyone, okay? We all know that. They have to win a championship. But what, once again, then what's the bar this year in the postseason that they need to get to for us to say, all right, you know what? It, it's all good. You know, we feel confident next year or they've shown us enough. Is it a championship? Because I think we both agree they don't have enough to win a championship. So what's the level they need to get to? Um, it's a fair question. Like at the end of the day, if they lose, yes, you're going to be upset in the moment. But at the end, if you look back and say, okay, they got out of the second round. I think that's really right now that next step. I mean, to me, I was always one that had said like during those early years, like with Embiid and Simmons, like you had two young players, like young guys in this league just don't win. You know, you need to go through the losses. You need to go through the hierarchy of, you know, we got bounced in the first round. We got bounced. Now they went right over the first round and won a first round series in their first attempt. That doesn't happen all that often that your first time to the playoffs, you win, win rather handily and get to the mm-hmm. second round. They bypassed that first step, but now they're kind of stuck in the second step, but still, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons together last year are two young guys. Now, to be fair, they lost to a young guy in Trey Young, and that's a disappointing loss to the Hawks. No sugarcoating that. But they have now felt the losses. They have felt multiple losses. Now I think it's time to say it's time to get to that next step, like getting to a conference final. And if you don't win it, okay, you've at least put in your rear view the next step of your kind of progression. So I think that would be yeah. this would be in the end. Hey, Embiid has gotten this team out of the second round. They're in the conference finals. He felt he's crying after a loss to Toronto a couple of years ago, and yeah. that wasn't enough to get them out. Now he needed some help, and he didn't get it. But what would the feeling be like for him? And what kind of player would he come back as next year if they got to the conference finals and lost? Yeah, I, I think. I don't know because he's played at an MVP level this year, right? So, like, we we know, for me, it's all about the playoffs with Joel Embiid right now because this is two straight regular seasons that he's an MVP, right? Whether he gets it this year or not, he didn't get it last year. Everyone knows who follows the game that he played at that level, at that MVP level. No doubt. So there is no more steps for him to take besides his legacy and his clutch genes uh, as a franchise player in the playoffs like he needs to he needs to be dominant from game one to whenever this series ends and hopefully in future rounds he needs to be dominant no excuses you see what markel fultz said no fultz uh i guess was asked i think he i don't know if he was on the radio as a guest or if he just voluntarily called in and he basically said that they don't want to give Embiid. um the uh, MVP because of the process like they that people are still so anti-process that he's the MVP and it's clear but people won't vote for him because of that I said so who now who's more popular Markel Fultz or Alec Bohm <laughs> yeah right Fultz since he's left he said a few good things about uh you know the city of Philly he talked about the fans and how they were in his corner and you know it's not as bad as people thought uh but nah man come on I don't think he That's said, not professional. He like, said, voters qu- can't be holding grudges like that. He said, quote, all the players know what's happening. The league doesn't want to validate the process. I, and listen, 
if that's even a little bit true, that's a massive problem, is it not? You can't be penalizing and rewriting the, the sports history because of something that happened, you know, eight, nine years ago that was out of Joel Embiid's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. I mean, I, I think if you are – look, any of these voters who hold grudges or just don't vote for a guy for whatever reason, or if you vote for a guy because, hey, this guy was nice to me, like, the whole voting system is out of whack. Like, when we are younger growing up, you never really thought about what went into the voting process. You just took it yeah. as, hey, it's it, this, this guy's the best because he is the best. Not because, well, this guy was a jerk to me in the locker room. That guy, you know, uh, invited me for a drink one night with his family. You know, like those things, you never entered your mind as to why a guy won an award or didn't win an award. But it sounds like the players in their mind, and then they could be completely wrong, but the players believe that Embiid's not getting it because of a reason that is out of, you know, kind of out of his control. He didn't have anything to do with it. No, I, I, listen, the, the voting is so flawed and idiotic. It needs to change anyway. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand, like, the process, no pun intended, of getting a vote. I mean, Kendrick Perkins has a vote. Why? I mean, I, I like Kendrick Perkins. I'm not saying yeah. he shouldn't, or, but I'm saying, like, because he was a former player and now happens to work for ESPN for, like, a year, you get, hey, here's your MVP. But, like, Greenberg has a vote. Like, why? Because he's the studio host for the NBA uh, Tuesday nights, I mean, yeah. does Ernie Johnson get a vote? Like, what's going on? Like, how do you get this? Like, to me, that's that's a problem. And then there's, like, some random bloggers that have a vote. It's like, what? I don't, yeah, you know, I don't from- know who actually has the votes. Does it change year to year? Like, how does Keith Smith not have a vote? Like, you know, how does Mitch right. Lawrence not have a vote? Mitch Lawrence has covered the league for 30 years. How does he not get a vote? But Mike Greenberg has a vote. And I'm like, look, I'm not ripping Greeny or nothing, but, like, you're the studio host. Like, what? To give votes to to beat writers, I think, is is tough. They don't see – they see their team 82 times. So you see your guy – you don't see the other guys every single night. Like, it's impossible no. to say you have an in-depth knowledge of what Nikola Jokic did for 82 games this year if you are covering the Philadelphia 76ers. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like how the the amount of attention and uh, responsibility for following a, a certain team throughout an entire season, how are you keeping up with the intricacies of other players and teams. You can't. And now, right, it's starting to get into the analytics, and that's a problem. It's like, well, these guys, these guys' stats are so close, but let's look at the analytics and separate them a little bit. Right. I mean, I've been joking on Twitter, like I've just been tweeting out VORP randomly because it's just such a stupid and silly word, and that's like the analytics. It's like, come on, dude. Like, come on, that's what's going to win Jokic, this MVP, is just random advanced stats. I'm fine with advanced stats. Like, I'm not a, you know, a nerd hater. I'm not shoving these dudes into a locker. But, like, come on, man. Like, what, what, is, what are the legitimate requirements for the MVP? It has to be simple. Yeah, well, I would be one to say, because I've had the pushback. Like, I have no problem with Jokic winning the MVP. Like, I, I didn't see him enough to say, you know, if I watched him play 15 times this year, okay, and in those 15 games, I'm left wowed almost every single time. Like, I'm just like, this guy's amazing. I don't mm-hmm. feel like people see him enough, right? The stats across the board are pretty identical, except for he averages eight assists and Embiid averages about four. That's the yeah. only 
stat line that there's a big, I don't want to say a gap. So the Sixers won 51 games. Denver won 48. All right. Sixers were three games better. He played without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. all year long. I think Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are better than any two players on the Sixers. That they had, no, I mean, I mean uh, I post don't know. Maybe, pre, pre-Harden. Maybe James Harden. Pre-Harden. Close. Pre-Harden. I think okay. getting Harden actually hurt Embiid because then he added a player of that stature and they didn't take off with him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think most people, like the average person who's not following the Sixers as closely as you and I are all year, who are saying Jokic is the MVP, they don't understand how difficult it's been for Joel Embiid to adjust to life with James Harden. That's a big factor. Well, that, and I mean, you know, George Niang, I don't know if you saw his little rant the other day, but he was saying, like, listen, you know, all the drama that we dealt with, I think that has to play into it, too. It's like they didn't have Ben Simmons, so they didn't have Simmons... Denver was missing Murray and Porter. Like, to me, those two guys being out is bigger impact, more impactful than Simmons being out. No? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. And and I'll say this. Like, when speaking on the MVP and the history and the requirements, everything you and I are talking about, MG, when did it change from the best team? Well, that's another thing. So people have been arguing that Jokic's team is the sixth seed. It's crazy. And I said, well, Philadelphia is the four. Like, It's that, crazy, too. Right? Is that all that impressive that the Sixers are the no. four seed? Like, should be Booker. That's what I said. I said, if you're going to give me and be deserving over Jokic because Jokic is six and Philly's four, then neither one of them deserve it. It should be Booker. Absolutely. Listen, absolutely. I, I think... If we, if you pulled up the history of who has won the award in the past 30 years, I don't know, whatever, or just its entire history, I know in the 90s, like from 90 to 2000, even maybe from 2000 to 2010, I think right around 2010, this, this has started to shift. It's always been the one seed, maybe the two seed, and whoever the best player is on that team. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Oh, no question. I, I, and I even said I, I'd give it to Giannis over. Yeah. Both of these over, over, and that doesn't mean that Embiid, you know, doesn't deserve it. I just feel like, hey, Giannis is equally as deserving, and his team was better. Right, but then once again, this thinking has shifted at some point uh, in recent years where, well, it's even been dating back to that, like with MJ and Kobe. Well, Giannis has won it twice, so let's put him to the side for the next four or five years. It's, it's, it's stupid. That should almost be thrown out the window. That thinking, not almost right? thrown out the window. It, it should. You, you almost should have it too, where you don't get a vote two years in a row. What well, interesting? So you give it to some. You give it to different people every year for the yeah. Vote like the, the voters award. change so that they don't say, "Well, I voted for him last year. I can't vote for him again." That's. I like that idea. Yeah, that's an inter- interesting thought. I, I think that maybe that could help. I would hope because I feel like there is some of this. Well. And obviously, voter it, fatigue. It didn't come into play this year, though, if Jokic wins it again, because he's going to win back to back. Right. But then it always stops, I feel like, after someone gets two. Like, it's really hard for someone to get three MVP awards. Yeah. I want to see what happens if Jokic has another, like, crazy historical, like, he's the only person to do what, like, 2,000, 1,500, something like that. Yeah. He's the only person ever, right? Yep. And if he does it, like, again next year or even, like, goes 
further than that and does something else. Are you going to vote for him again? Or you're like, ah, I don't know if I can give it to him three in a row. Right. What if Denver's the one seed next year? He one-ups all of his stats next year. But, you know, you can't give it to him three times in a row. Well, let so me tell don't. you, if they had Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., they wouldn't be the sixth seed. They would possibly be the two. I don't know if they're better than Phoenix, but they're probably the two. But it, without those two and no Jokic, they're probably not a, they're not a playoff team. No, but I would argue if they had both of those guys all year, Jokic's assists are probably a little bit down. Even his rebounds could be a little bit down. Even his point, like, everything could be a little bit down. He had to do everything even more so than he already does. Right, well, and that's the point for him is they were out, so his numbers went up because he had to do so much more. For them to have 48 wins without those two, that's why you're the MVP. Sure, and but like you said, you could you could make the same exact case for Joel Embiid. Just because he doesn't have eight, nine assists a game doesn't mean he's not impacting the game the same way that Jokic has with the limited uh, help around him. All right, Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN, the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Send us a text, 609-403-0973. Sixers, Raptors, how's it going to go? Got a text message, Mike. I like the Sixers in five or six. Everyone needs to stop being so scared of Toronto. The Sixers are more talented and have great matchups. Tobias is going to have a big series, and Bede will be Embiid, and Harden won't need to do that much. It's a lot in there we can get into. How do you see the series going? Let us know, 609-403-0973. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back to more Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. All right, happy hour, happy hour Friday, everybody. I'm Mike Gill. We got another chance for you to qualify for Pick Your Trip coming up. Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia City Cast. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. It drops five days a week. Take a look at some of the odds in this series. See what that tells us. By the way, we're speaking of odds, we'll get into a little odds on the football too. Uh, apparently, the Eagles' uh, odds to get Tyron Matthew are number one. I wonder what that says. There are also new odds out there for Kyler Murray. We'll get into that a little bit later as well uh, because, obviously, he is not happy with his contract situation yet again. But let's look at some of the Sixers' odds for this series and try to figure out uh, what they're saying and all the odds for all these 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 uh, first-round playoff games. Let's dive into those. What do we got here? All right, so let's just uh, let's start with the most important squad, the 76ers, uh, obviously going up against the Raptors. 76ers to win the series, MG. This is uh, at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, minus 186 now, so the clear favorite. And the Raptors, plus 150. Do you have a play on either of those, your thoughts hearing that? I mean, the value's on the Raptors. Sure. Right? I mean, Absolutely. given to me at plus money. I throw a little bit there, and I feel like, all right, if they win, I'm going to get a little return on my money. Uh, put money on the Sixers doesn't sound like a great investment to me. I mean, I don't know. No, not for those numbers. But now let me ask you this, and this could set us up for the, the correct score, uh, correct score, correct series uh, prediction. What do you have this game going? Like how far? Six games, seven games? I mean, if I'm going to bet it to try to win money with some – you know, to get some ROI here, I'll probably go Sixers and six. Okay. Well, 
All right, so you is that your pick? Even if we put the betting numbers aside, do you have the 76ers winning in six? Yeah, I, I think you know, ultimately everybody's a little panicky about the series. The guy who texted in, um, I'll read back, and we got some text messages. He says, I like the Sixers in five or six. Everyone needs to stop being so scared of Toronto. The Sixers are more talented, have great matchups. Now, I want to start there. Do you think the Sixers have great matchups? No. What is this guy saying? Right. I, would I, love- I don't know that I agree with – here's what I'll say. All right? You know how I feel about the coach. Yeah, he's the most important piece. Right. <laughs> but this is where I feel like the coach does have some role here is that I don't like the fact that I, I don't think he plays the right guys and I don't like his mentality. The coach's mentality. This isn't an X and O thing. This is Rivers too many times lets the other team dictate the style. Mm-hmm. In other words, Game five, a couple of years ago, Brett Brown made the change. He put in beat on Siakam, and that kind of changed that series for a little bit. And then Nick Nurse countered, and he went with Gasol and Abaka and went double big against the Sixers. The Sixers didn't—it wasn't that Brett Brown didn't—they tr- didn't have another answer. They didn't have another player to combat that. So Nurse did something— that he never done before. They didn't play Gasol and Ibaka together all year long, but the Sixers made an adjustment that helped them yeah. win a game, and then Nurse made another adjustment. Brown didn't have an answer. They just didn't have anything that's to, to counter that. To me, the answer Doc Rivers gave the other night, Rye, when the other team goes small, we'll go with Reed. Well, why don't you put Reed in with Embiid and see what they do? Yeah, you be the he, one. You be the aggressor and make the right. other coach adjust to you. You're coaching, waiting for the other team to do something, and then that's how you react. No, no, no. As the coach, your impact is, I'm going to do something. What's the other team going to do to counter me? If they don't have an answer, that might be our – that's where Nick Nurse won that series as the coaches. He had the players to do it. Brett Brown didn't have the player to make the next counter move. Yep. Doc Rivers has the ability to say, hey, I got Embiid, I got Reed. Let me play those together. Let's see what Toronto does to counter that. And then yep. if they counter it, then you see what can I do to you know go back and forth here. That's where I think Rivers, I don't like his answer of, if they go big, I'm going to go big. If they go small, then I'll go small. No. Make them adjust to you. Completely agree. I mean, not just with coaching, but in life, it's good to be what? Proactive, not reactive. Uh, That's part one. And part two, I'll sort of answer everything you just said with the question back to you, which is, what is the 76ers' identity on offense? They're still searching. I mean, every championship team, me and you can say the Golden State Warriors, they spread you out, they knock down threes. Okay, this Toronto Raptors team, they are strong in transition. They like to use their athletes, get out and run. They like to do a lot of screens, get mismatches because they play a lot of the same type of style of players. What is is this 76ers team? Doc Rivers has never had an identity or style. He's always so cocky and arrogant. It's like, well... (laughs) We're going to get the ball to Joel Embiid, and we're going to get the ball to James Harden. And that don't work. Mm-mm. No, and, uh, you know, we talked about this a couple times leading up to this, is when you have a big guy in a league that is predicated on shooting the basketball, you, 
and and this is where I think Doc sometimes is in a tough spot, and any coach, by the way, who has the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers, trying to devise a plan for a guy that is kind of a unicorn, and they would be sounding ridiculous. How do you not know what to do with the unicorn? Well, there's only one of them. Nobody else is doing anything with the unicorn because they don't have one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just... I look at some of these other coaches in the NBA, and like you said, they would come out game one showing something that the opponent has never seen them do before. Like, why not go watch two weeks' worth of Denver Nuggets film if we're talking about Jokic and say, you know what? Screw it. Let's do something we haven't done and practice it for for eight, ten days. Joel Embiid, you're our point forward. Let's run our entire offense through Joel Embiid at the top of the three-point line or, or at the foul line, and let's just have him pick apart and run sets through him. Like, I don't know, do something that the Raptors haven't seen yet. But as you detailed, Doc ain't doing that. No, I I definitely think he's not the most creative guy out there. Now, obviously, um, you have a situation where, and we go back to that text message. He said they have great matchups. I don't see where they have one favorable defensive matchup. And that includes Embiid because Siakam is going to pull and beat away from the basket, kind of minimizing his rim protection. It's one, yeah, of the reasons, I, the, it's one of the reasons why they struggle against this team. Like when Van Vliet played the last time, he scored like 35, is because mm-hmm. Siakam pulls and beat away from the rim, and Van Vliet, the Sixers have no perimeter defender. They have no perimeter guard defense. So Van Vliet, who's so good at creating a bucket and getting to the rim... For a small guy, the Sixers have always had problems with small guards who can penetrate. And against the Raptors, it's double the problem because Embiid gets pulled out by Siakam all the time. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Doc's strategy is. Listen, uh, in the 2019 series, they didn't defend Siakam. But Siakam has gotten a lot better. But despite him getting a lot better, do you still say, you know what, screw it, Joel Embiid, we want you to protect the rim and go under screens and let Siakam shoot threes, right? Like, are, are they going to say, you know what? If Siakam beats us in this series four times by making a bunch of threes, we're going to shake their hand. In 2019, right. They just let Siakam settle for the, the elbow jumper. Right. Do they do that again, even despite him getting better at the jump shot? You know, I don't know. They're, they're going to have to figure out some type of game plan and put pressure on one of the five guys on Toronto offensively. Right. Now, th- th- go back to the text matches. I like the matchups. I hate every one of them. I don't like any matchup against Van Vliet. <laughs> I don't think you have a favorable matchup there. I don't like any matchup against Siakam. Not that Embiid can't do it. I just don't want him to do it for four quarters. I don't want him running around with uh, – They might not. They might put Tobias on him, you right. know, even though Tobias is I don't is like that matchup. <laughs> no, but at least he can hang with him in the perimeter, and then you say, all right, you know what? Let's go ahead, Siakam. Try and post him up on the block all night. That's not easy to do in today's NBA unless you're like Joel Embiid. All right, now the who's... only matchup I like is Embiid offensively because they don't have Marcus Gasol in Ibaka anymore. Yeah, definitely. I mean, on that side of the ball, yes. But if you're telling me Tobias is now defending Siakam, what are you doing with Joel? Is he running around with... Ananobi, is he running around with Scotty Barnes? Is he running around with Preston? I mean, Achua comes off the bench, but he gave him problems when they played two weeks ago. He had five threes in that game. Is he running around? Who's he running around with? Yeah, I mean, probably Ananobi if they do Tobias on Siakam, which I don't imagine they would do that for great lengths, but just to throw different looks at Siakam. That's, that's and, where, listen, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't like the matchups. Right. Then you got Danny Green probably with Ananobi and... 
Harden's got to defend someone, and that matchup's no fun. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I think here's the thing, though. This is where the 76ers and Doc Rivers can win the series. We're detailing the matchups are not favorable, but get back on transition defense and do not let them penetrate and make them knock down 16 to 23s a game, which is not easy to do in the postseason. I think that should be what their main game plan. They're not a good transition defense team either. For that. No, they're not. Just to throw that into the mix. And they're not a good long rebounding team. No, they're not. And Doc spoke about that. The first thing I've agreed with uh, him on in a while, he said they've been working all week, allegedly, on their transition defense. He said that's the X factor in the series. 609-403-0973. We'll read off your text messages. They've been coming in. So we'll react, read and react on the other side. Your engagement, always welcome, 609-403-0973. That's the text number, 609-403-0973. I see a bunch of texts kind of coming in here with uh, Sixers predictions, questions. So we'll react to those coming up next. Sports Pass is brought to you by East Coast Roofing Siding Windows, serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up online, eastcoastroofing.com. Now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. 3.45 on your happy hour Friday. Your text messages have been coming in. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia City Cast. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. Joins me for the full hours on Fridays. From three to four, looking at the Sixer series, we'll give you our picks, predictions. Want to read off some of the listener text messages that have been coming in this hour here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. Mike, I agree. Uh, Nurse's coaching style is concerning, but the Sixers should outlast them in a series. Just need Harden to step up more and should see a deep playoff run. Yeah, I mean, like to me, Nurse... This goes back to the whole coaching thing. Like, if you have the better team, the coach can only do so much. I mean, you if you have more talent, you should win that series. He might be able to steal a game or something here because the game's close, and then late in the game, he calls a nice play, and they win, and boom. But you can't do that every night. No, you can't. But what you just said, I think, is important, and that's how the coach can be a factor because – you know, in a tough, long potential series, potentially a long series, a coach can steal you a game, like you said. And then that's the difference between the Sixers advancing and winning in seven or losing in seven, possibly. Right. So, you know, like we talked about earlier, Doc has to figure out a way to be creative and at least be reactive, if not proactive with his adjustments. Uh, Tobias, Danny Green, Furkan Shake, and Thibel is the supporting cast. No team fears. Raptors in six. Can't wait to give Harden a max deal five for $70 million post his prime. The future's looking pretty dim with Boston, Toronto, Nets all ascending in the division. That's just the division. Yeah, and I'll say 
I'll take it one step further here. I'm not glossing over the importance of James Harden uh, and saying it doesn't matter what he does. But to me, we talked about this last week, but like to me, it's about Tyrese Maxey. Like, what can we get from Tyrese Maxey? I think he's the guy that can win or lose this series, not lose it himself. But if he steps up, he can really um, make everyone's life easier. Yeah, Max, he's a guy that um, you wonder how Toronto is going to defend, right? I mean, is, is, yeah. do they have a problem on that? Mike, what about a 3-2 two, a zone instead of, man, oh, man, I don't, you don't see a lot of 3-2s in the NBA, but why, why don't no. teams play more zone? And I think Toronto's going to throw some zones. I was going to say that. It's funny the texter uh, listener brought it up. I, I expect Toronto to play a ton of 2-3 zone or matchup zone against the Sixers because that limits Maxi. You then force Maxi to become a shooter. You force Harden to become a shooter. And Bede's not going to have the space to operate. I mean, that's like, that's poison uh, to the 76ers offense. They do a lot of weird stuff, too. They'll do like a 1-2-2. Yep. Two, two. They'll, they'll roll a bunch of different. You know, Nurse is like he should be coaching Mainland, not uh, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, he runs a... Oh, Dan Williams, I think, would, uh, you know, he does a fine... He was a coach of the year, so maybe not mainland, maybe someplace else. But he he rolls (laughs) a bunch of different exotic looks at you there, does uh, Nick Nurse. I don't know why more teams in the NBA don't throw that stuff. Nobody practices against it. I know, uh, you know, but I feel like it's always some of the the best young coaches are are the ones that are not afraid to go uh, zone defense. The Heat do it. Toronto does it. If I told you the Sixers rolled out a 3-2, would you say... They probably win. <laughs> I would say Toronto probably wins. Yeah, <laughs> three two. Come on, that's, that's what he wrote. Three two zone. Yeah. He wants. Yeah. Well, he had a typo. I'd like to see anything, a one three, three one with Embiid running baseline. <laughs> one three one. You know, high. You know, start at the half court line. One three one. Embiid. Embiid yeah, Embiid's like running corner to corner on the bottom of the damn thing. Jeez. Yeah, he'd be gassed. Uh, 609-403-0973, J-N-E-H-T. Guys, I don't like any of the matchups. I believe the Raptors took the series in the regular season. They did, three games to one. He goes on to say, we all remember the heartbreaker that Kawhi dished out to us, but this is a different team. Harden or Maxie will have to be on Van Vliet, but I think the distance between Embiid against Siakam has grown significantly, and I think he will get the better of him. I'm taking the Sixers and six. That's from J-N-E-H-T. I don't really agree with any of the Sixers in six predictions because I don't see the 76ers closing this series out uh, in Toronto with the Raptors' backs against the wall. I think Raptors win it in six or the 76ers win it in seven. It's good One point. Of the two. You're going to Toronto. See, I'm very intrigued to find out what happens with the Thibel minutes. Do you go seven deep that game? Do you just say, hey, everybody just has to play more? Or does somebody take his minutes? I mean, how does that work out? Well, I think like uh, a game six, if necessary, yes. But game three, I don't know. I don't know if you can shorten your bench that much. Would you? Um, I'm of the thought, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculously old school, but when I was growing up, the only guy I remember ever coming off the bench was Ron Anderson. Nobody ever played. You know, you had your five starters. Right, Ron Anderson was it. It was the five starters and Ron Anderson that was yeah. it. Everybody played like 45 minutes a game, it felt like. Now, I don't know if that that's actually accurate, but in my memory, I don't remember like, yeah, Kenny Payne got like four minutes a game and like Scotty Brooks came in and got a couple of minutes. And like those six receivers that had like Bark, it was like Barkley, Mahorn, Jaminski, Hawkins, and Dawkins. 
That was their five. They didn't have anybody else. Like, I, who remembers any of the bench guys? Like, I feel like we've become a society where it's like everybody has to play, so all ten guys need to get in the game. No, you play as long as you have to. Yeah, I, I don't even recall. Well, I was going to say the 01 Sixers team, you know, but they had like Rajah Bell off the bench. Obviously, Aaron McKee was six man of the year, but even back then, they didn't go that deep. Typically, most teams like six or seven, as you said. And nor should you have to. You, you, you shouldn't have to go that deep, but this is like the load management. I think it beat said the other day that the load management actually kind of hurts him. And I agree. Like, yeah, I, I, I was talking about this. We had a long conversation today in the kitchen about this, but regarding like sports has now evolved to a spot where everything we do in sports is waiting for the worst thing to happen. Well, or trying to avoid a future, a potential future failure or issue like the Kershaw thing is absolutely idiotic. And that sums today's sports world up perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, he got to 80 pitches. OK, well, he's at 80 like, pitches. What? Okay, like he has 13 strikeouts in the seventh. I don't care that Kershaw was like, well, you know, no, you yeah. say, hey, man, you have no, you, you have a perfect game. You're at 80 pitches. I'm going to send you out there. If you give up a hit, I'm getting you out. We're up seven, nothing. But this yeah. is your game, man. This is your game. This is what you've worked your whole life for to be, to, to do something immortal. And the exactly. damn coach is going to say, what? well, you're at 80 pitches. And then the, the mentality has been drilled in that, well, 80 pitches, I must be done. No, you're not done. You're not done at 80 pitches. I, I, I equated it to a basketball player being at 79 points and he's a bucket away from Kobe's 81 or a player at 98 points and he's a bucket away from Wilt's 100. And you say, now, nah, you know what? We need this guy a little bit more energized in two months. Right. It's it, it's idiotic. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, if he goes out there, let's say the guy first pitch swings, pops up. He's at 81 pitches. Okay. <laughs> right. And the next guy gets a hit. Now you get him out. Okay, you gave up a hit. I said if you gave up a hit or a walk. But to not even allow him to try the mentality. And look, and I said this yesterday, but I'll say it to you too. That mentality is why the Dodgers have only won one World Series. And I know it's like, well, they mm. won one World Series. They have been clearly the best team in baseball for 10 years. But yeah. because they have the most talent, but they play down to the talent instead of saying, we have the more talent, you need to beat us. They use the numbers so much that it evens the playing field for the lesser talented team. The lesser talented team needs every advantage it can try to find. They need the analytics because they have less talent. The Dodgers just have flat-out more talent. They don't need the analytics as much because they're the better team. So by them using the analytics, they actually play down to their opponent. And that's why they've been upset seven out of eight years. They should have won the World Series essentially five times with the roster they have. But they reap what they sow. So good for them for losing that. Uh, losing seven out of the last eight World Series. I, I like it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, uh, great rant. It, it's it, Sports gets in the way of themselves now in today's world. It's like, get out of your own way, dude. You have Kershaw throwing a perfect game. You don't need to pull him. 80 and 81, as you mentioned, is no difference. Get out of your own way. Right. If you're looking at the numbers well, so much, you're going to miss the miss your life these, passing you by. These parents spend an inordinate amount of money to try to get their kids to do to get to a level, 
and then once you get to that level, you are now holding them back from getting to the, playing at the level that they worked their whole life to get to. It's ridiculous. You know, it's absurd. It's it's, it's absolutely it's absurd ridiculous. that. You know, you can't send him back out there in the eighth inning uh, in fear of like a Tommy John surgery or something like the 84th pitch is the one that's going to break his back. But he's good at 80. Right. It makes no sense. 80 is the one. That's the one. So that it's like the other day I was driving my car and I've been driving around and then all of a sudden the ball joint just went like if I would have stopped my car and got out. And then restarted it. The ball joint wasn't like a, it eventually is going to happen. It just when right. you right. can't like plan for, well, we can't have it happen today. So we're going to pull you from the game because it might happen tomorrow. Oh, it didn't happen tomorrow. So let's get you. It's just ridiculous. All right. Who do you got? Give me the series picks. How's it go down? Uh, for 76ers Raptors. 76ers. We'll go through all of them real quick. Fire. Uh, okay, Sixers. I mean, I'll start with 76ers Raptors, I guess. I, I I have the 76ers winning in seven. I think it's going to be a heavyweight uh, bout, and they're going to be able to, to close it out when it's all said and done on their home floor to uh, to sneak sneak by Toronto. All right, I got Sixers. I'm going to go Sixers and seven. I said Sixers and six with the betting if I was trying to win some money, but I eventually I, I think it'll be Sixers and seven. I got I with, with Luca out. That one's tough, but I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go Dallas in seven there. Wow. Okay. You still have Dallas uh, winning that series. And uh, real quick, the betting odds at Bet Rivers, Dallas plus 215. So you're getting some value for the Mavericks uh, with Luka being out game one. Hopefully he's only out one game. I love Dallas, but I just don't know the impact on Luka's absence, how long he's going to be out. Uh, so that makes me a little bit uncertain. I think I lean Utah in a long series. All right, we got it real quick. We got about 10 seconds, 15 seconds okay. here. I got, uh, I got Memphis crushing Minnesota sweep. Me too. I got Golden State beating Denver, but I like that six. Yep, I have Golden State in five or six. I got Miami. Yep, I have Miami playing as well. Atlanta. By the way, although I think Atlanta's going to be scared, Miami be scared to death in that one. I like Boston to beat Brooklyn in seven. I have Boston winning in five or six. All right, I got Milwaukee to sweep. Yep, uh, maybe Chicago gets one. I'm with you. Phoenix sweep. Yep. All right, there you go. Enjoy the all the page. games, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Can't wait for it to get started. All right, that's all tomorrow. You can listen to the playoffs, Sixers and Raptors here on 97.3. Ryan Rossing, Philadelphia CityCast. Download it wherever you get your podcast. Here we go. Looking for caller number 7, 609-573-3776, 609-573-3776. Hey, caller number 7, you'll be entered to win a trip for two to the 2022 Eagles road game of your choice. That road trip includes airfare, hotel, a pregame tailgate party, and two tickets to the Eagles road game of your choice. It's all courtesy of Philly Sports Trips. Do Philly Sports Trips with the pros. Plan your trip at phillysportstrip.com and Ernest & Sons Old Fashioned Butcher Shop in Brigantine. I'm looking for caller number 7 at 609-573-3776. If you're out there, you're entered for a chance to win an Eagles road trip this season. We'll see you live. You must be present to win at Slack Tide Brewing Company in Cape May Courthouse on Thursday, April 28th. Caller 7. Good luck.
97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Adam Kaplan. I have real confidence that our football operations uh, can once again create a dominant football team. Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. Football at Four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. It's brought to you by PropSwap, America's sports betting marketplace. Sell your sports bets, take your profit, find out how. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Gene was our qualifier in the 2 o'clock hour from EHT. And Jeff in Summers Point will join him at Slack Tide Brewing Company. Gene and Jeff, you guys have a chance to win an Eagles road trip this season with hotel airfare, a pregame tailgate party, and two tickets to the Eagles road game of your choice. One lucky listener will walk away with that trip on uh, April 28th. We'll be live at Slack Tide Brewing Company for our Eagles tailgate party, and one lucky listener will win that Eagles road trip. It's happy hour Friday for football at four, and Adam Kaplan is here. A lot of NFL news happening on this Friday. What's going on, Adam? Mike, good to speak to you here on the Sports Bash on a Friday. Yeah, we, uh, we're less than two weeks from the draft. I'll actually be there in Las Vegas All right. for uh, my friends at Sports Grid. Yeah, I just um, I've agreed to a deal. We're working a couple things out, but I'll be there for at least two days. I, I, I don't know about the third, but um, nevertheless, I'm uh, looking forward to going. It's been many years since I've been to the draft. Were you uh, in Philly? Obviously, things have changed. I typically would go to Madison Square Garden for the uh, draft almost every year. Then, of course, they started moving it around the country. Were you in Philly? Yes. In fact, Mosher and I hosted for another radio station the uh, just the first day. And what was so cool about that was it was just the, the, the craziness of the Mitch Trubisky pick because nobody knew it. The Bears kept it quiet. It sent shockwaves around the National Football League. We were there like because I remember when they announced the trade that the Bears and Niners traded. It was I think those were the two teams. Jeff and I looked at each other we're like, wait a minute, what? What could this possibly be? And we were so dumbfounded, like, wow, Mitch Trubisky, really? And here we are. He's now with the Steelers. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get into some of the – by the way, uh, we talked about Steven Nelson signing a two-year deal with the Texans. Um, yeah. And I, I guess this the Eagles seemed like they were in on Gilmore – um, so what does this mean for the Eagles at that cornerback position? They lose Nelson. They seemingly wanted to bring a veteran in, and now they're kind of left empty-handed and almost have to go through the draft now. Yeah, they need, they still need two corners. It's pretty much everything we outlined. It's crazy how this works out sometimes. Everything we outlined to the start of the free agency still is the same. Uh, we'll go over their needs. It's They're pretty vast. Uh, they could certainly make a big jump this season if they nail the draft. Uh, you know, they need a lot of their, you know, they've got five uh, picks in the first three rounds. At least three of them have to be starters uh, for them to take a next step because they have got a lot of holes in this team, a lot of depth issues. But corner is the number one need for the football team. It's not close. It's They've got one starting corner who's over 30, who's terrific, Darius Slay. They don't have a second corner. They don't have a third corner. they got a bunch of fours and fives. They know this. This is not a secret to anybody who follows the team. Uh, they have some guys they like who have some length, who's some talent, but they're totally unproven. And that's where they're at. I mean, it's uh, Stephen Nelson, as we we said on our show for months, we're not expecting him back. It was a total fallback option of everything else fell through the draft. Maybe they might revisit it. 
Well, they didn't need to because he's going to the Texans. Uh, and my understanding there is they think he'll be able to start, where here, um, even if they brought him back, which was remote, even if they did, uh, he may not have even started here because they're going to address it in the draft. And, it, and now, though, remember, they only have two first-rounders, not three. So that squeezes the choices a little bit. Yeah, I know that um, you look at the two third-round choices and you wonder, do you want to put it in the lap of a third-round pick? Uh, or is this something they have to address with one of those two first-round picks? I mean, do they want to – now that they – I mean, I guess there's some free agents that are still available. Do you, do you um, believe or think that they were in on Gilmore? Uh, Jeff texted me uh, couple, like after uh, it was reported that he was going to the Colts that based on his sourcing on it, uh, which has been really great throughout, he had said that it was overstated, uh, that the Eagles' interest was not what had been out there. And, and um, he was told like within minutes after that uh, sort of direct knowledge said that they weren't, they didn't, they weren't close. They weren't trying, they weren't, whatever was reported was not what he, he was hearing. So were they in on it? Yeah, but they weren't in on it. Like, in our reporting, you know, we said they were super in on Marcus Williams. That was their top free agent target. It was either he goes to the Eagles or he goes to the Ravens. He chose the Ravens over him. Uh, they were in on Allen Robinson, but not super high, I'm told. In fact, uh, they were pretty significantly uh, off of what Robinson got. And so were other teams, by the way, mm-hmm. because the Rams just simply overpay. They, no team overpays contracts more than the Rams, by the way. Seemed to work out for them last year, right? It does. Hey, listen, they got what they wanted. Uh, they gave up two prime draft picks for Von Miller was only there for uh, for half the season in the Super Bowl, but and he's now in Buffalo on a monster contract. But it's not for everybody what the Rams are doing. Yeah. So Nelson, two year deal with the Texans, Eagles. Uh, I feel like you know last year, Adam, we were having this very similar conversation before they got Nelson. What are they going to do across from Slay? What's the plan there? Last yeah. year they got McPherson in the fourth round. So then after the draft, we were asking, what are they going to do? And then they finally brought Nelson in. I guess it was right before training camp started. So what's yeah. the plan at it, corner? Yeah, the contract execution. I looked it up. Was July twenty eighth. <laughs> I thought it was earlier than that. I couldn't believe it when I looked them. Looked it up as you just said. I'm like, well, right at training camp. Wow, was it that late? But see, the thing is, you can't depend on that. Okay, he was an average starter. He doesn't have great size. He doesn't run all that well. But he's super competitive, tough, and smart. You'd rather him be your third corner, not your starting outside corner. That that's really what they really needed him for. But they were unable to get that corner uh, opposite Slay last year. So this is who they had. Now the plan is they're going to attack it in the draft. Now I. I would expect by training camp they've added two corners. Now, whether it's a veteran and a, and a rookie in the first or second round, whether it's uh, two two rookies, the first or third round, I can't answer that. They don't know that. I don't know that. We'll just see what their board looks like and um, how it looks. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do our reporting during the the uh, week of the draft what we think they're going to do. We found out three weeks. We first reported Rager was going to be the, probably the pick about three weeks before, two years ago. Uh, which obviously we talked about uh, his situation. But um, this one is not so clear because, Mike, they have so many needs. This is – this is. I, you know, I, mean, I hate to say it. I don't think much has changed. We, we said it probably for the last month or so that everything looks the same as it did before. And here we are once again. It looks like the same chief needs as they had before. Well, and is that because they keep striking out with guys that they want? I mean, do they want to just bring guys in in free agency and just can't convince them to come here or getting outbid? I mean, um, it seems that they have tried at least. Yes. Oh, no, they they were. We what well, we reported uh, back at the combine turned out to be true. 
they were going to be very aggressive in free agency. And don't forget about Jay Glazer's report for um, for uh, Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Uh, because that would have been super aggressive. By the way, they were super aggressive. They offered around $14 million a year to uh, Marcus Williams. Uh, they were in on other receivers. Now, you you can't uh, – well, there's another nugget we're going to give you here in a second about another player they're looking at right now, we're told. But um, it, it's it's just cornerback, they can't line up today. It's, it's, it's I understand they, they have the rest of free agency in the draft, but if the season started today, they've got it. Their biggest need is corner. Now, safety – that would have been solved. If they would have signed Marcus Williams, you're good because Epps would be the third safety. Uh, Harris would, would be starting. He's got a very low deal, by the way. Um, they still could draft one more guy, but it, they would be set and they didn't have to draft one in the first three rounds. Right now, I I, I mean, safety is just wide open uh, uh, other than Harris. Um, I I don't know why they, I don't know why they don't think Marcus Epps is a starter. It does surprise me because we, we were told he played fairly well last season. Last year in the draft, there were the two corners, Horn and Sertan. When eight and nine, Philly ended up taking Smith at ten. Would they have taken one of those two guys had they been there at ten? In your mind, yes, I believe our reporting last year was going to be Sertan. Although they really liked Horn, um, uh, we were told that that Sertan was higher on their board. And that's why, by the way, once what they did was the trade was dictated by who was up on their board next. And Devontae Smith was higher on their board than they were picking. So they said, let's just go get him. That's a smart thing. And, and by the way, they're, they're on their way to getting it right. He had a very good rookie season. Certainly wasn't perfect. But there were a lot of reasons why he didn't even do better. First of all, as we know, they took the air out of the football after the first six weeks, which nobody saw coming. And I do believe, I know people have asked us this, they're going to throw more, by the way. They're, they're, they're going to not going to be 35 times. It was 34.6 times per game, as I sent you in my notes a couple weeks ago after the first six weeks. I'm not expecting 35 times a game, but I would think high 20s, low 30s in pass attempts per game this season. Right, and uh, this year there's Booth, Gardner, Stingley, McDuffie. Yeah. So there's a little bit more depth in that first-round group of corners. So at 15, they might have the option of taking a guy, something they didn't have last year. Correct, right. So they don't have to trade up for a corner. Although, although, I'm not expecting Sauce Gardner to to drop past six or seven. Well, the, the Panthers aren't going to go for a corner. They they got Horn, and they're they're really deep a corner. But the Panthers, uh, my understanding is they're they're like they're not ruling out trading down. It's just it it it's going to come down to the value because they need a they, the Panthers need to. By the way, they we reported last year. Leading up to the draft, that the Eagles and Panthers were in pretty significant talks about a, a trade, just of draft picks, you know, moving up, and uh, they backed off. The Eagles backed off, and that was that. But um, so at least they have a working relationship. And, and the Panthers called the Eagles, as we reported last year, on uh, Dillard. Yeah, that's a trade deadline, so they at least have a working relationship. Their people used to work for the Eagles, by the way, in the Panthers building, so they know each other. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Panthers want to do. Uh, but the Panthers need a left tackle, which the Eagles don't need. They still need a left tackle. They don't have one right now. They don't have a quarterback, starting quarterback. They don't know who they don't they don't want it to be Sam Darnold. So they're looking. So we'll see what happens. Um, here's an interesting un, uh, under talked about conversation. I guess Adam is the Eagles' return game has been miserable for the last couple of years. They have oh, yeah. tried to find someone to return kicks and punts really since Sproles, you know, retired and was injured. They have not been able to find a guy. Is that? Something they look through in the draft? Is there a veteran out there that they might have yeah. their eye on? 
Yeah, Mike. So we reported at the combine that they were they were in on Richie James. Um, they they'd have to wait till free agency started uh, to to talk contract with him, the, the agent. But they were that was one guy they identified and came down to the Giants and Eagles. He he chose the Giants. Uh, we're told uh, that they're they're interested in Andre Roberts, veteran kickoff punt returner, who's one of the best. He's been a Pro Bowler before. Uh, the Chargers tried to bring him back, but he's looking for a little bit more money. Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, there are other teams involved with trying to sign Roberts, so we'll see what goes goes on there. Um, I don't know that it will happen before the draft. It just it, it just depends on where he's at with money. But, um, yeah, they, Mike, their return game was atrocious last season. Let's call it like it was. It was Because Rager was not the, the punt returner. He was in college where he was dynamic. I, I, I don't have an answer for you what's what happened. Look, they, they, they cleared up the, the kicker. Uh, they got Jake Elliott going. He, they did a great job with reviving his career. He was terrific. But they've got to find out some way to get the return game going, Mike. This cannot continue. Well, you're right. And uh, you mentioned Rager. So let's go to the Rager and his whole situation and what his next uh, two weeks might look like or his draft night might look like. Yeah, I, just the sense I get is the Eagles are not going to give him away. We, we put on our show uh, a couple of days ago, which you can get on any pop platform or, or on YouTube, that the Eagles are not going to cut him, nor should they. The guy's a former first-round pick. We know he's he's been disappointing. That you know, no one's ignoring that. It's obvious. Um, I would just think that let's let's take a look at what happens during the draft. Um, this is not the Zach Ertz situation last year, where they were motivated. They tried. They they both parties were ready to move on. The Eagles tried. They could not get what they thought was reasonable value, so they held on to him. In fact, prior to the draft last year, I think the best offer they had was a six-round pick. They wound up getting a corner. I think it's Gowan in a fifth. It's not great value, but see, Ertz was coming off ankle surgery, and then he was fine, as we know, last year. In fact, he decided to deal with the Cardinals. Yep. But this situation right now um, with Rager is that you just it, it you don't have good enough tape for to, to get like a third round pick for this year. Uh, I can't see it uh, because he just has not put put good enough tape together. That he had some really good moments in year one, but remember he had two injuries this past season, or he's supposed to be better than he was in year one. He wasn't even close to as good in year one. So you have to throw your hands up. And remember, Sirianni, once he said that he saw Quez Watkins as being potentially the best number two receiver he's ever worked with, whatever that really means, well, you, you add that, the fact that he tried to sign uh, trade for Calvin Ridley, tried to sign Allen Robinson, um, they were in on Juju Smith-Schuster, that tells you that Rager's best opportunity to play elsewhere. He's not going to have a role here. That's why logic tells you that. He should be moved, but we'll have to see. Um, what do uh, Corral, uh, Olave was in yesterday, Jameson Williams, yeah. Pickens, so three wide receivers. Um, what do these visits tell you? What do they say about their, their thought process? Anything? Yeah, is it just them doing due uh, diligence? Yeah. Yeah, Mike, this is a good subject because I think fans sometimes go overboard in the visits. They, they don't understand what they mean. Most of the time, not all the time, most of the time it's not done because of the player. It's done because they need information on the player. It doesn't mean they're going to draft him. Uh, what happens is there's always a reason why they want information. Uh, George Pickett's ACL reconstruction from November 2020. They want to see where that is. Jameson Williams, ACL reconstruction. Um, they want to see where his where he's where he's at. Now, what I'll tell you where it means something. When I no one in the country tracked these more than I did, I would be always like crazy. I would track over 200 to 300 visits. Um, over a series of years and private workouts, it became really apparent to me 
that if a team has 30 visits and 10, 7 to 10 or one position, it's almost certain they're going to draft that position, number one. Number two, if it's like five guys are going to go in the first round, there's a very good chance they're going to draft that position, not that player, but that position in the first two rounds. It's like really very consistent. So don't worry about the player, folks. When you see Matt Corral is in, Devontae Wyatt, I'm told, was in. Lave was in. Sam uh, Williams is in. Pickens was in. Kenny Green, I'm told, was in. Who's a guard. Marcus Jones, I'm told, was in. Uh, Brisker was in. Uh, there's a DM from Penn State who was in uh, also. Um, and uh, by the way, a lot of these players on our latest Intel with Greg Cosell, Greg um, has got some great information on all these players. So we, we also, uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we drop on pod the quarterback one. Wait to hear this one. This is, I, they've all been great, Mike. I know you've heard some of them. This one, we could have done three hours. We were like, I wish we were together to have a round table. The, the talk was so good between me, Jeff, and Greg. And he's got some great stuff in Matt Carell. All right, last one for Adam Kaplan here. Uh, two weeks left to go, actually under two weeks now. Adam, what does your pre-draft board need look like at this moment two weeks ago? All right, it's the same as it was at the start of free They need two outside corners. They're good in the slot. They need a safety. That would have been eliminated if they would have gotten uh, Marcus Williams, but they didn't. They still need two wide receivers. Um, however they want to do that. They may argue, one, I don't agree with that. They need to, If they want to be a really good football team, they need to get two. They definitely need a D-tackle. Uh, remember, the draft is not about this year. It's about future needs with with current in mind. You would like to get something out of that, that first or second round pick, obviously, in year one. You expect them to start or certainly be in the rotation. Uh, they For the future, they need D-tackles. At DM, they absolutely need DNs. They could use a running back and a tight end. So, again, lots of needs, 10 draft picks, five in the first three rounds. We'll see if they keep all 10. All right, there you go. And uh, Eagles have 10 picks, as he just chronicled. And that's Thursday night, April 28th. Eagles pick number 15, 18, 51, 83, 101, and then I lose track. There you go. That was off the top of my head there. Adam Kaplan. Yeah, I didn't know that. I don't. I, I haven't. We'll, we'll zero in on those numbers. But, yeah, it's going to be fun because they could go in so many directions. And as one GM told me this week, because eight teams don't have a first-round pick and eight teams have a first-round pick, there could be some trading during the draft of these picks depending on, on if, they, if, if teams lose their player or, or the player gets closer and they want to trade up. It's really interesting. I, I don't want to see what will happen if a game six, because the Sixers would play the same uh, night as the draft. Oh, my God. And by the way, it, now I don't expect it to happen, to be clear here, but if the Eagles shocked us like they did with, with uh, Hertz two years ago, what if they drafted a quarterback in the first round? That would be probably – it would be surprised. I don't care what anybody says. That would be the shocker. It would be like my, everyone's hair. Because remember, the, do you remember the shock of everyone on, on social media when they drafted Hurts in the second round? Yeah, absolutely. It was wild. So, so quick story. I, I did not. Ha- I had the TV on the background, but I had the sound down. I was texting someone when it happened, and um, the guy the guy went crazy. He goes, "Oh my God, Philly!" And I look back, and I was like, "I couldn't." You never have something happen. You're shocked with. You don't know how to process it. Yeah. I didn't. I was in total shock. I I was like, I froze. I'm like, oh my god, what did they just do? Will you do that if they draft a linebacker? Oh my god, <laughs> 23 years, Jerry Robinson. By the way, Jerry Robinson was a really good player. I'm old enough to remember him out of UCLA. Yeah, but uh, I would be that. That would be okay. What would be the bigger shocker to you, Mike? A linebacker or quarterback? First round. Probably a 
Oh, man. Uh, pure this, linebacker, though, not this pass rush stuff, but pure linebacker. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think in this year's draft, I would be quarterback. Yeah. Because yeah, I think they they're at the, how much they love birds. They're at a point. Would be funny. Wouldn't it be great if they drafted a quarterback and, and then Sirianni would come on because this would be so typical of him. Oh, oh, we still love Jalen. Yeah. Uh, oh, we love him, but he's going to compete for the job, you know, whatever, because they've. You know, it, it's just funny with with um, the Russell Wilson love, and, and he didn't want to come to Philly, and then uh, would with they, Watson, and you know, would, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see. What happens. Would they be in on Murray if Murray was getting traded? I don't think so. That's not that that I, I don't see it. I, I I don't I don't see it. And by the way, that's a whole that's another. We don't have enough time left here. That's another different discussion. That's a really fascinating situation there. By the way. All right, uh, Adam Kaplan, football at four, InsideTheBirds.com, the Inside the Birds podcast. Get that wherever you listen to your podcast, all the Inside the Birds platform, YouTube. You can listen to the Draft Intel with Greg Cosell. Check out Inside the Birds everywhere you get your podcast and online at InsideTheBirds.com. Adam, have a great weekend, man. You too, man. Thanks. All right, that's Adam Kaplan, of course, football at four on a Friday. He joins us here on, on the Sports Bash Live. We'll have Adam a couple times next week leading you in to the draft as uh, he gets the great intel on the NFL draft. We have the great intel with PropSwap, America's sports betting marketplace. Sell your sports bet, take your profit, find out how. Go to PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app today. Got headlines on the way. Paul Hudrick has got the Sixers-Raptors picks you need and the latest notes before the Sixers play the Raptors tomorrow coming up here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Sports Bash headlines. Here's what's happening. 97.3 ESPN. Josh Jennings, my producer. What do we got today as we head into the weekend? Well, Mike, let's start with the who's in, who's out for the weekend. Luca out for game one tomorrow. Paul George out for the playing game tonight. Jared Allen expected to play tonight for the Cavs. So some guys, they're in and they're out. Their statuses are coming out, Mike. Luca's the biggest, obviously. Him out game one really hurts Dallas, probably bigger than anybody else. Why? Well, the Clippers have played without George for most of the season anyway. Um, he, by the way, is out in health and safety protocols. He has apparently... He tested positive for COVID. Jeez, I mean, I feel like you're hearing this a little bit more and more. The Mets have a big COVID problem. Well, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, depending on who you ask is what comes down to the rules, because every league has their different rules now. So in the NBA, for example, they're not testing unless you go to them and say, I'm not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So, well, so did George feel that crappy? So the theory, the, the base of the protocol, not the theory of the protocol is if George wasn't feeling well, he had to tell them and they had to test him. So and that's right, so, but you would almost feel like I'm not going to say. You know what I'm saying? Like back if you just were normally sick, like you wouldn't go to someone and say, hey, "I'm not feeling good." You would just, hey, if, if I can play, I will try. If I can't, right. you know. But is that now the question with the Mets situation is? We know in baseball, if you are not current on your vaccination status, you still have to get regular certain amount of testing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're vaccinated, you don't have to report. So how much of the Mets is guys saying, I'm sick, I can't play, and how much of it is you have to be tested no matter what, even if you don't feel well, you can't come in the building. 
Well, I'll tell you, that's uh, it's a big loss for them. Obviously, there was a lot of hope for the Clippers fans that they can win, get George, and there were some murmurs that they could possibly get uh, Kawhi back. I don't think that was going to happen. I don't think he would play. But I definitely think um, that tips the scales maybe a little bit more to New Orleans, but the game is in L.A., and the Clippers have played without George for most of the season. Correct. So I still kind of like L.A. in that game. Cleveland getting Allen back is interesting, but I like Atlanta tonight. I think Atlanta is just better, deeper, more explosive. So I'll go with Atlanta tonight, and I'll go with L.A., the clip joint. By the way, they also don't expect John Collins to play tonight. So That's a loss. Definitely something to keep an eye on tonight. But they still have Trey Young, and uh, in a one-game situation, I'll take him. They've got Huter, who obviously has shown that he can step up in a big game. Bogdanovich has been playing well. I think Bogdanovich might be out tonight. What's his story? Uh, let me double-check. Is it uh, something wrong with him? He was a game-time decision or something with his ankle? He will be a game-time decision tonight. Okay. So he's not, he's not officially ruled out. Yeah, I thought he was something. Well, he definitely is something. No, I mean something that was possibly going to keep him out. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I want to bring this NBA story up as well because we don't have a ton of information yet about this. But apparently, according to Andrew Lopez, who covers the NBA and the Pelicans for ESPN, there is a huge disagreement between Zion Williamson and the Pelicans on the status of his injury. Now, the reason why it's coming up is for those who didn't know, Zion was going out of his way to do 360 dunks the other day in front of cameras before pregame. It seems like the Pelicans are not ready to clear him to play, whereas Zion apparently thinks that he is clear to play. Now, we don't have a lot more details than that, but that's from Andrew Lopez of ESPN. Well, the only thing I can really add to this is that this has the feeling that it's not going to end well. Zion will not be a Pelican pass his contract. I mean, if you're at the point of this much of a disagreement where he feels he's ready, the team's not letting you play, what does that tell you? Well, the whole situation has been bad anyway. Remember, he left the team to go rehab with somebody else. Right, but do you think there's warm and fuzzies that like, hey, they're not letting me play. I'd really love to come back here. There's no warm and fuzzies. I think the whole thing is fraudulent. You know, this whole thing, remember when C.J. McCollum got traded there and McCollum said, Hey, I tried to reach out to Zion. He won't return my calls or yeah. texts. Oh, I, I remember. It, it's a really bad... The Pelicans and Zion look like it's a divorce waiting to happen. No question. He has played 85 games in three seasons. Uh, they've never made the playoffs except for when he didn't play. They made Well, actually, they didn't make the playoffs yet. If they win tonight, they'll make the playoffs without him. Uh, it just feels like Zion... And, and guess what? You can make an argument that maybe it's New Orleans, but... When Zion has played, has he made the ratings impact that the NBA was hoping for? I don't know. I don't know what the ratings for their games are, but they're on TV a whole heck of a lot. I could argue that they don't need Zion at this point. If you trade him and get anything in return for him, with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, you got a nice little one-two there. You know what? Zion reminds me a, a little bit of... Like, remember when um, Larry Johnson was at UNLV? He was the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. And then he went to the pros. He wasn't a great pro. I mean, he was really good. 
Right. And he kind of changed. The, the Charlotte Hornets were terrible, and then he went there. He got his own shoe and everything. But, like, I don't think he was – he wasn't a ratings guy. Correct. Larry Johnson. But he was still a really good player. Like, Zion's a really good player. I'm never, I've never said he's not a good player. I've always said I don't think he's changing – he's not making you a championship team because you had the number one pick and you got this – generational player, which people made him out to be. He's not that player. He's going to sell way more jerseys and win you games. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, Mike, let's switch over here. By the way, really quick, you were asking about the Mets situation earlier. So, the latest on Brandon Nimmo and Mark Gaina is they were close contacts. These coaches. but the Mets refused to say if they tested positive or not. Well, they went on the the uh, injured list. Yeah. Now, remember, Corey Knable went on the list for, for day. one day. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's a strange situation. It is. Uh, so, and there was talk because the Phillies just played the Mets. Correct. There was concern that proximity and all that stuff. So. It just sounds weird that, like, I don't know. I, I'm not downplaying it at all, but I haven't encountered somebody that has had COVID or, like, you know, you're not hearing about it nearly as much. But now, all of a sudden, I feel like you're starting to hear it a little bit. Like, I feel like I didn't hear anything. Christmas, it felt like the whole world was was doomed. Right. And then, I mean, there were lines down the streets for people to get tests. And then, all of a sudden, it went away. And now, all of a sudden, oddly enough, it's like, man, I, I, I've heard some people getting COVID. Listen, I've, I won't name his name, but when I was at the doctor the other day, the doctor I was talking to, he went on like a five-minute rant about how, like, nobody's handling this correctly, how Philadelphia is stupid to put the mask mandate because they had 49 positive tests. He says that people are just, nobody knows what they're doing. And I'm just like, he's like, this is the, you know, he's just going on and on. I'm just sitting there listening and be like, you're the doctor, man. I'm whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like there are a lot of people that are randomly... Oddly enough, randomly, it's come back to that that people are starting to get COVID. Take that for what you will. I don't know. Uh, Let's flip it over to, this isn't a weird story. So, Drake London, the USC wide receiver, he's one of the top prospects in this draft. Some people even mock him maybe as a top 10, top 20 pick. Well, he says that he has fully recovered from when he broke his ankle last year. But he won't run a 40 time at his pro day because he says that you don't need to see my 40 than see that I'm running these routes. So London apparently says that he is 100% back. Now, a broken ankle is usually a six to eight week injury. So it's pretty safe to say he'd be available for rookie camp, Mm -hmm. whoever drafts him. But London said, quote, my body feels stronger and faster I think I just matured in the game this offseason. And then a day like this, the second year on the field, is disappointing to miss time. But I am more than ready for the NFL. Well, like, first off, he's a Pac-12 receiver. So I don't, I'm not interested, right? The South Powell's out. The South Powell line. <laughs> All the like this receiver class, I think Andrew brought it up yesterday. Like, there's not that guy in it. There's not the um the Bengals guy. My God, I'm, I'm getting that old that I can't remember names. Uh, the oh, you mean the receiver? Yeah, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Jamar Chase. 
Yeah. There's not that guy, Jamar Chase, that you're just like, that guy's a stud. So if you have any questionable doubts, I think there's multiple options here. Right. You know, like, hey, I'm a little concerned about London. I'll, I'll go with Traylon Burks. Right. So I don't know what this guy... Some people like London. Some people like Burke. Some people like William. Like, there's so many, it seems like. Variables. But not a clear-cut number one guy. My favorite line from today from London, when people asked him about his speed, he said, quote, watch the film. <laughs> yeah, now I'm turned off. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, another headline today, Stefan Gilmore. He signed with the Colts' two-year deal, and according to Josina Anderson, the Eagles were in on him, heavily in on Gilmore. Got a two-year deal worth around $23 million. He was the uh, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. He goes to the Colts now, who get Rodney McLeod and Stephon Gilmore. He got some age in that secondary there. You like that deal? I think it's interesting he got $14 million guaranteed, which kind of signals to me this might be one of those, like, it's more of a built for a one year with a second year option kind of thing where the team kind of get out at the back end. So you have to wonder, did the Eagles, were the Eagles not willing to offer him as much money up front? Did they maybe he want to hit the free agent market again soon? And that's why he took this deal. Some questions I have about this. Justina Anderson tweeted, in regards to Gilmore, I am told that Philly, quote, made a hard play. They're trying. Just can't get it done. Hey, when we come back, Sixers, Raptors, key questions with... Paul Hudrick from Liberty Ballers next. Now, back to more Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. You can listen to the game tomorrow at 6, Sixers and Raptors, 97.3 ESPN. All right, all the fun stuff you've been waiting for with Paul Hudrick breaking it all down, the matchups. Now, somebody texted in earlier and said they think the Sixers have great matchups. I don't see those, but uh, maybe Paul has a couple matchups that he thinks that Doc Rivers can exploit. I think uh, the coaching matchup should be interesting. I think most people just assume Nick Nurse wins that one. Uh, There's something that Doc Rivers said last week when he went on his little uh, rant about uh, speaking slow that sticks out to me, Paul. So uh, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm ready for the series to start. Yeah, we all are, right? Uh, Do you have a matchup in this series as the week has gone on that you've kind of said, this is the one that I think could be the difference maker, and who wins that one will flip this series one way or the other? I don't know that I have a specific, because the way the Raptors play, um, and it's the goal, it's the way they were constructed, is to be pretty interchangeable, right? Like, they're all, other than Van Vliet and, and Trent Jr., everyone's like, between six seven and six nine, long as all hell, um, and very active and athletic. Like that's that's their template. That's the kind of that's the kind of team they built. So, I don't know that I would say that there's like a one on one matchup where I'm like, yes, this this is where the Sixers have an advantage. But I would say a, a couple different things. One, there's just no one. There's really there's no one on the planet that can guard you well and be one on one. And certainly there's nobody on the Raptors that can do that. And that's why they have to double them and triple them because they don't have a choice. Um, because they just have to do it. Uh, but I do think Joel Embiid, if he is patient, uh, if he is comfortable letting his teammates do the work some of the time, which he has been this year to his credit, more so it's ironic. He wins a scoring title, but you could argue this was his best year as a facilitator. And I don't think that's actually a coincidence. I think that's part of it. I think him finding guys, him playing that way eventually leads to other teams 
not putting as much pressure on him. And, and he's been vocal about he's been vocal about that too. Like right. he went up to Lloyd Pierce and said, "I've seen it all. Whatever you want to throw <laughs> right. at me, I've, I've got you." All. Right. Right, um, that's what he said when he talked to us yesterday. He said the same thing where he basically said, like, I've seen Toronto a lot. So, like, I know what they're going to throw at me. It's yeah. a matter of me finding it. The other thing I would say is uh, Tyrese Maxey has the third option in the starting lineup. If he can consistently find his offense, it's it's going to be there, basically, because every they're going to be there's going to be so much attention on a bead, so much attention on James Harden that there are going to be creases for Tyrese Maxey to exploit and – um, I think that could be potentially huge for the Sixers. Uh, Paul Hudrick, Liberty Ballers. Um, is there a matchup that you're wondering what each team's going to do with it? Uh, well, Siakam is the big one for me with the Sixers. I'm curious. I assume that to start the game, it- it's probably going to be Tobias Harris, which isn't a great matchup at all for the Sixers. Uh, but I imagine in crunch time, at least if it were me, the fourth quarter, it's Joel beat on Siakam in all crunch time situations. So the idea is keep it close. And then when it gets to that point of the game, you know, that that's when you really have to focus on Siakam. And that's when I would put him beat on him. The other, uh, so it's tricky because it depends on the version of the player you get, but Fred Van Vliet, if he is the guy who looked like a world beater to start the season, uh, or if he's the guy who looks like what he did in the second half, which was, he was quite frankly, very banged up. A lot of that probably was from the workload. Um, he had undertaken in the first half. So I would say Van Vliet, who, who, whomever has to guard him, if it's Tyrese Maxey, that's not a favorable matchup. If nope. it's Danny Green, quite frankly, that's not a favorite. The only good guard for him is Matisse Thibel. So that's going to be really interesting to see where Van Vliet is. And then if he is the guy more like the guy we saw earlier in the season, games three and four are going to get real tricky when you don't have Matisse Thibel. And then I don't know who guards him. So, um, that's the big, and I would say too, as I see other people point out, the power forward matchup, quote unquote, of like Tobias Harris versus Precious Achua. Precious Achua's won that battle running away the last two games. So, um, will Tobias Harris, who has been playing better recently, will he um, maybe you know tip that more in his ledger over the course of a best of seven series? Uh, Doc versus Nurse. I think everybody listening from here to California, overseas, and wherever they might be on the app likes Nurse in this one. One of the reasons why I think it stands out is not so much like the in-game X and O, but it's Doc's mentality of like, well, if you go big, I'm going to go big. And if you go small, then I'll go small. In that series a couple of years ago, they went big, right? They went with Gasol and Abaca, and that changed that series. After Brett Brown made an adjustment that the Raptors struggled with, I don't th- see Doc as the guy that will say, let me do something I haven't done all year. Let me do something completely out of my element. That's where I think the problem lies, not the X's and O or the defense. And the, it's they're going to do something, and, and I'm not going to change my ways to combat it. You have one coach who is super rigid and who does what he does, and he's going to do it, and he's going to stand by it, and that's he's going to live or die by it. And then you have another coach who is willing to take chances, do a lot of funky stuff, and throw a bunch of different things at you and and, and, and not afraid to experiment. And, yeah, that, that could very well be a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, if, if Doc Rivers doesn't make those adjustments at times, it could be a, a really big problem. The one thing I, I want to give Doc Rivers this, and listen, I've been as critical of Doc Rivers as anybody. You could read my writing, see my Twitter account. I've been plenty critical of plenty of the things he's done and said uh, since he's gotten here, but 
I think the one advantage, maybe not even an advantage over Nick Nurse, just just one thing I think Doc will do well. He's really good at finding those little things like this person said this about this team, and this is what people think about you. Right now, the Raptors are a pretty trendy pick around the NBA. A lot of people think the Raptors are about to upset the Sixers. If you don't think Doc Rivers is gathering up clips and notes of all of these sound bites of all these people picking the Raptors and showing it to these guys starting, you know, as early as this week and bringing that into game one. Like that was a Doc Rivers thing. Like he's known for finding any little thing that could be construed as a negative press towards his team and using that as motivation. So while I agree with you 100 percent, um, Doc's rigidity is is troubling, and especially against a guy like Nurse who's going to make changes. I do think the one thing Doc still does well is motivate, and I think that's the one as- aspect where I think he uh, that you could see that come through in this series. Yeah, I hope so. And, and look, you know, when they went Gasol Abaca, the Sixers didn't have an answer, right? What if you went Reed and Bead? That rhymes. Uh, do they have an answer for that? I don't know, but not particularly. No, right. they really don't. I mean, they're, they're just they're they're long, they're athletic, they're going to keep throwing guys at you. So maybe one guy you should throw out there is your arguably longest, most athletic player. Uh, it makes makes sense to me. And again, if we listen to what Doc Rivers said after the last game of the season, Paul Reed is your backup center, right? He said Paul Reed's rebounding could be big in a series. Toronto's the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. He said they're long and athletic. We're going to need somebody to combat that. That's Paul Reed. And he said he likes DeAndre against bigger bigs, and he likes Paul Reed against smaller bigs. The Raptors don't have a player in the roster over 6'9". So everything he said leads us to believe it's Paul Reed. Now, we'll see what happens in game one and, and going forward. But everything he has said up to this point leads you to believe that Paul Reed will be the backup, starting, uh, the backup center, um, at least at the jump. All right. Uh, Atlanta, Cleveland, who do you like? I like Atlanta a little bit only because um, Trey Young and they have experience. And I think that experience, it really showed up against Charlotte. And um, I, the Cavs, I just think they're probably, and I've, I've felt like this about them all year long, even though I, I've liked them. I still think they're a year or two away. Agree. Uh, Miami, Atlanta. I like Miami. Um, just again, I, I and I, I will say that I think the, the, the Hawks, have the potential to give them a tough time. I don't think it's like a cakewalk. I don't think it's a sweep, but I think I like Miami just a little bit more. Bucks, Bulls, sweep, right? Yeah, I, I have. I don't know how the Bulls win a game. No, uh, may, maybe one at most. Celtics, Nets. I like the Celtics, but not by a lot. I just think the Celtics are red hot. The way they play defense, they have enough offense to supplement it. So I give. I, I think that's going to be. A really difficult, grinded out series, but I like the Celtics. Ben play? Um, I, I lean towards no, but we'll see. All right, Sixers Raptors in how many games? Sixers in seven. I don't feel great about it. The only reason I picked the Sixers is because I think Joel Embiid is having a special year. I think he's a special player, and I think. His mentality and the way he's carried himself, the way he's carried this team this year has been different from any in the past. And so I think he's going to be the best player in the series. He's going to prove that he's the best player in the series. And I think that is going to be enough to give them the edge to, to, to win a game seven. Uh, Paul Hudrick and the team at Liberty Ballers will have the series covered. You can follow Paul on Twitter at Paul Hudrick Sixers 
and the Raptors. Game one, 6 o'clock, right here on 97.3 ESPN. And, of course, you can listen to the whole series, Sixers and the Raptors. Paul's back on Monday to recap game number one, get us ready for game number two. Have a good weekend, Paul. You as well, Mike. Take Uh, care, man. Paul Hudrick, happy Easter to you and everybody out there as the Sixers get ready for the playoffs. We get you ready for an opportunity for this. Hey, it's our Pick Your Trip sounder on this good Friday. We're looking for caller number seven all over 609-573-3776-609-573-3776. Caller number seven. You will be entered for a chance to win a trip to the Eagles road game of your choice. That includes airfare, hotel, a pregame tailgate party, and two tickets to the Eagles road game of your choice. It's all courtesy of Philly Sports Trips. Do Philly Sports Trips with the pros. Plan your trip at phillysportstrips.com and by Ernest & Sons Old Fashioned Butcher Shop in Brigantine. Caller number seven, you must be present to win on Thursday, April 28th at Slack Tide Brewing Company, 1072 Route 83 in Cape May Courthouse. Caller seven, good luck on this good Friday. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, just after five, Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. Hey, another qualifier we want to welcome, Ryan in the Villas. Congratulations to Ryan. We'll see you at Slack Tide Brewing Company. we got another chance for you to qualify for Pick Your Trip. Somebody's going to win an Eagles road trip. You get to pick the game. We'll pay for it. You just tell us where you want to go. Another chance for you to qualify coming up tonight at 5.55 and 6.55 during game night with Josh. Brian Toporek's going to talk a little Sixers with him. Right now, it is happy hour Friday. Pete Thompson's here. So, PT... Uh, I just got an email from somebody telling me the layout of the games tomorrow. Remember, we were talking about today at lunch about how they're going to do all You're this. Describing it a little bit in the first hour of the show, too. I was yeah, in the but I was, was wrong. wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I was. I mean, I carry a notepad in my car. I grab the notepad. I'm writing down what you're saying because uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not saying. Okay, I wasn't saying that. I came. I went on the guide on the television here. And it's, uh-huh. I, I'm apparently they must be replaying last night's game tomorrow oh. at some spot. So tomorrow, the Sixers will be on NBC Philadelphia. All right. Six o'clock, NBC Sports Philadelphia regular. 847 for all of you uh, people that don't stream. Yes. 530 coverage of that. Okay. Which I'm a little surprised they're not going hour pregame for uh, playoff. They're only going half hour. All right. All right. Maybe they cost more money to bring the union in. No, I don't know. <laughs> so 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock coverage for the Sixers. Got it. Flyers, 6.30 coverage on NBC Philadelphia Plus. All right. So that's 6.30, and then the game is 7, Yes. right? Yep. Okay. Phillies will be streaming on the My Teams app only. 
And that oh. coverage starts at 5.30. You'll okay. have to stream that over to your TV or have a smart TV according right. to the release. So there will be no television tomorrow, no cable TV outlet for the Phillies game tomorrow. Interesting. Now it's Ranger Suarez with his 10.13 ERA versus Trevor Rogers, but... Uh, the Flyers are so bad, and this is what you and I talked at lunch. Like, if you wanted to whack one out, you'd whack out the Fly guys. But right. I guess contractually, they have to show them, right? That's what I was saying. I think contractually, the Flyers typically have the higher pantheon of the three because of who owns them. Mm. Right? That's right. So, and and that, that makes sense. To watch the Phillies game tomorrow... You will need a smart TV or a connected device to stream on your TV via the NBC Sports app. The NBC Sports app is available on Apple TV, Google TV, uh, Chromecast, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, Xbox, Samsung, yada, yada, yada. Et cetera. Now, let me ask you about that app. I have that on my phone. Do you have it on your phone? The My Teams app? Yes. I have it on my phone. I've never used it. So I have it on my phone. I get a lot of alerts on that. I will read some of the content on that. Like, for example, Jim Salisbury, who I like to read, and what he has to say, that's on the My Teams app. Or Ruben Frank, I want to see what he has to say. Or the great Dave Zangaro. You know, any of these guys, they're posting stuff up on the My Teams app. However, I will say this. And remember, I worked for this company at one point in time. Their old website was awful. The new app was better, but it's still like I was having issues where it, I would be watching the game on my phone and then all of a sudden it would say does not support the app or something. So that says to me, like, you know, it worked an hour ago and now it's not working. So I sure hope that they have all the bugs and the kinks worked out by tomorrow. For And, and you know what? Even if it worked seamlessly, Mike Gill, there's going to be some of those, um, I call them Grand Torino people after that Clint Eastwood movie where he said, get off my lawn, right? There's going to be some get off my lawn people who are just going to be upset that they can't hit like guide, boom, 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 okay, and watch the Phillies. They're going to be upset by that. I think so. Well, it's like the whole thing that has happened with the Apple TV games, the Amazon Prime games, this game, this streaming service. Well, tomorrow... That's not even the case. It's not even on one of those. This is a whole nother service because of the fact that all three games are at the same time. Now, it's preposterous for whoever's making that decision to put the Flyers in the Pantheon above anybody here. Yeah, but the, you're, you're, you got to be right that somewhere, sometime, and it, and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that, like, you know, I forget, uh, they call that a Sophie's choice or something. Or what, what's that choice where you have to make a choice and none of none of it's going to be good? You know, I mean, somebody's somebody's got to get relegated to a second status and none of it's going to be good. But you're right. The Flyers are owned by, you know, Comcast Spectacor or NBC Universal or it's all under the same umbrella. So therefore, they probably have priority over the Sixers who do not necessarily are not are owned by Josh Blitzer and that whole group and. You know, obviously they're not under the same thing, but you're not going to ignore a NBA playoff game. You're not going to do that. So something had to go, and I guess it's the Phillies. I mean, I, I know this. Like, as far as streaming goes, I give you a lot of props. Like, the very first time that I ever saw anything streamed from a phone to a TV 
we were at a drinking establishment, and you were like, oh, watch this, PT. And you streamed like an Atlantic High basketball game from your phone to the TV, and the whole establishment watched the game. And it was the greatest thing I ever saw. And I was like, how do you do that? And they're like, oh, it's easy, blah, blah, blah. You know, but I've never be, seen anything like that. That would be the Google Chromecast that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people probably have them. I mean, it's a Google Chromecast. You plug it into your TV, and it basically turns your television into a hotspot. And uh, you can stream from your phone over to the TV, and whatever's on your phone will now show up on the television. Now, the funny story is that at, we have a newer TV now. We upgraded our TV in the in the Thompson household. And at one point, I was down here watching a show. It was probably, you know, 10 o'clock at night or something, and Susan had gone up and gone to bed. And I'm watching the show, and all of a sudden, it blanks out, and it goes to some tour of some freaking house. And I'm looking at like the kitchen and the living room. I'm like watching this realtor tour. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? So I start like Archie Bunker. Babe, what are you doing? And she's like, it's not me. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not me. And so here I am looking at some house. And then she sheepishly, after I, I find, I ran upstairs and I'm like, let me see your phone. And she gives me the phone and I got out of what she was in and said, not you, huh? And she's like, well, you don't have to yell at me. There is times that that happens where something will be streaming from my phone because the, the, the television we have outside is a Chromecast TV. So to watch TV outside, you have to stream something from your phone over to the television. Period. No matter what. No matter what. There's no cable yeah. and there's no apps yeah. on the television. So it's gotcha. just a it's a straight stream, you know, um, device. Device. And there are times where, for whatever reason, you can't like get out of it. It's like, you know, it's not it's not in uh, a perfect situation. Sometimes it's like I can't change the channel. I'm trying to change the channel to something okay. else. And I'm glad you brought that up too. There's some times where once you're in something, you know, like I can get into something streaming, but it won't go through my sound bar. So of course, the TV, I always have the volume at zero because I have everything running through the sound bar. But mm-hmm. then when you want to go stream something, then you've got to turn the TV up. And if you forget to mute the sound bar, you got two different kinds of audio going. Or you know, like why is YouTube? Why do I have to? put it at like 40 to hear something on YouTube. But then when I come back out to the regular cable, I've blown my eardrums out because I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, very, um, bi- very busy day tomorrow with the Phils, Flyers and Sixers. Now, w- uh, real quick on the Flyers. I mean, uh, are you giving them any of your time? I mean, I watched a little bit uh, the other night when Brink made his debut, you know, just to see. And then that that got out of hand in a hurry, you know, uh, when they like they played the Capitals. And in commercial breaks, I would jump over just to see what was happening, you know, but they're they're so bad. And no, I'm not giving them much of my time. Like even the night that uh, Lou Nolan went in for his 50th, it was much easier to DVR that. And then go back and watch that at my own speed rather than endure what was taking place. I mean, it just uh, – what, what did I just see, too? Oh, they were trying to pr- promote the Flyers and Pittsburgh game, and whoever was doing the, the graphics spelled Philadelphia wrong and, and Pittsburgh. spelled Pittsburgh wrong. <laughs> I mean, who's running this show? Yeah, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, Philadelphia Flyers, they spelled Pittsburgh and Philadelphia wrong. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. TNT, right? Yeah, yeah, TNT. I mean, I've watched, like, I I with great interest watched the very first TNT show, like, just to see how Gretzky was and how Rick Tockett was and how do they sound. And and you can, look, they sunk a lot of money into it. 
Um, I watched it the other night, and I was like, this does not hold my interest. It is, I mean, it's a distant cousin from inside the NBA. Let's put it that way. They're going right. to have to keep working at it, guys and gals. It's going to take a while till you pick up those followers. All right, uh, Pete Thompson, it's a happy hour Friday. So tomorrow will be Saturday, which means we'll get uh, Sixers playoff round one. Scale of one to ten, how nervous are you for the series, Peter? Well, I'm definitely nervous because, uh, you know, I, the, the Raptors are the team that gives the Sixers the most trouble. And not only do they give the Sixers the most trouble, they're the ones that seem to be in Harden's head. Now, he said all the right things in the media availability. What was that yesterday? And, you know, he said those things. But at the same time, uh, that's the team that seems to give him the pressure. That's the se- team that seems to get him out of his comfort zone. And, you know, uh, maybe there's some magical James Harden switch that we haven't seen yet, and he's uh, realizing, all right, it's playoff time. I got to step up. But uh, I mean, to me, he's the key guy in the series, you know. And, and that's that's the kind of thing. Like uh, I sit back and I look at his history too, and, and you think, like you know, back when he was a Rocket, right? Uh, they lost in a game six, one ten to one oh seven. He had thirty three ten and ten, so he had a triple double. So you're like. If you just pick up the next day and you go, oh, man, so close, triple-double. But then you look inside the numbers and you see that he was 4 for 15 from three-point line with nine turnovers. Like, that's the ugly James Harden. And if that's who they get, then they're in real trouble in the series. I, I, I was driving home today, and I had this sense of calm where I thought, I do think they're going to win the series, but it's certainly going to give me I'm going to lose more hair than I already don't can't afford to lose you know agita or agina one of those whichever those words are correct now what do you do um on a game six situation when they play against the draft uh well you got to watch the game first in the draft on your phone right and keep them on keep the updates on your phone for when you know that they're getting ready for that pick and just sort of get your draft alert so that you can switch over just to see the picks. Or, or you know, a lot of times in the draft situation, too, you've got uh, you know, the picks get traded, right? So you think, all right, this is where the Eagles are going to pick, and then all of a sudden you're going to see some tweet or some alert that says they've already made the move. But usually if you're seeing it on your phone, that still holds true, right? I mean, you or are they still doing the pick moratorium where they're, you're not allowed to put anything out until Okay, here's a question out. for you. TV's one thing. If you're driving around in your car, what do you want to listen to? The Sixers playoff game or the NFL draft and the Eagles make their pick? I think you want to hear the Eagles NFL pick. I mean, I don't know that you get to pick both. I mean, what are you going to do? Have uh, Tom McGinnis uh, uh, stand by while we go to the Eagles pick. (laughs) Right. McGinnis is in one channel, and so you have them, like, overlapping each other. With the third pick, he hits for three. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah, I'm just looking at this schedule again. Good good on you, man. I'm glad you're the program director and not me. So Saturday is 6 o'clock. Monday is 7.30. Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Is that actually when it's going to start? Why is it so late? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Uh, 4.20, that's the day that we all, well, anyhow. And then Saturday, yeah, 2 o'clock. And then we still don't know any of the other stuff. That's all TBD, right? No, but, I mean, the game on Thursday night is going to be at 7 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I mean, Thursday against the draft. I just don't know why the NBA has decided to put their playoff games up against the NBA draft. Like, that's not a smart idea. Yeah, who's running this show? You know what I mean? 
What are, are, are do they just not understand that NFL is king? Or they got four they games just... that night. The NBA is playing four games that night. Now NBA Thursday night's a big NBA night. That's their TNT night. But they didn't do Thursday night TNT the first half of the year. Why football was on? They they gave way to the NFL Thursday night game this year and just decided to wait until the football schedule was mm. over. And I don't know why they're not doing that for the playoffs here. And by the way, the Sixers play Monday, and then there's two days off instead of just one for that game six. Right, right. Monday the 25th is game five, and then Thursday the 28th is game six. So, well... I mean, I guess is it? It you're playing. They're playing straight through, right? I mean, there's four other games that are going to be on the 27th. Either a, a mix of whoever's left, right? I believe so, but I mean, I would have avoided that day at all costs if I'm the NBA. Yeah. Let me see. Thursday. The now you don't know because of the so on Thursday the 28th. Let's see. Thursday the 28th. You've got what day are you looking at? Wednesday? Do you want Wednesday? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm asking you what's taking place on Wednesday. Is there another set of four NBA games? Like they have to put it somewhere, you know? Like there, there's no. They, there's actually the there's actually three games on that Wednesday. Okay, but keep in mind they're all if necessary. That's true. So you could get a Chicago Milwaukee sweep. You could get the and then you're down to two games and you have four on Thursday. So theoretically. If you told me, hey, I got to put two games on Thursday, I'd rather put two games on Thursday than four games on Thursday. Right. And I want as least amount of games up against the NBA, uh, the NFL, NFL draft. as possible. So my question then, too, is how do you pick who those games are and, and you know, how do you pick who you walk? Like, and, and will that – is that something they'll even do or will they just dig their heels in and go, look, this is the date and this is when we have, you know – there's no the Flyers are long done by that point. Oh no, that game's in Toronto anyway. It doesn't matter, right? But the Maple Leafs are playing. Are the I what didn't you, think about that. About what? Uh, who's what's the availability of the building? I don't know if it's the Bell Center or whatever it's called now up in Toronto, but what's the availability of that building on? Right. Is the building available on Wednesday the twenty seventh? That's a good question. What was available on Tuesday the twenty seventh? Uh, it is open. The the, the what, Toronto Wednesday the twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah, the Toronto Air Canada Building or whatever it's called that is available. They are not. They do not even play on on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, then it could be done. Look at you and I working it out. Yeah, in I don't understand time. it. It's it's a huge gaffe and blunder to me. I don't know why more people haven't brought this up. I, it's you know, and and by no, the way, Wednesday the twenty seventh. You're a forward thinker. You're probably the first one that actually noticed. Like, oh crap, this is a big problem. Huge problem. Well, I mean, of course, my brain's saying, "Well, what am I supposed to do that night? I got two entities airing at the same time." I believe that the answer will come to you in due time. Yes, I am working on a better answer than the one I've come up with so far. Sports Bash Live, ninety-seven <laughs> three ESPN. Um, Pete Thompson, Phillies, any, I mean, you can't be concerned this early, but I know you're a little, uh, you know, you could be a little fickle sometimes. Concerned isn't the right word. I'm just, uh, I mean, my issue is that, um, you, you knew that that was Gibson was uh, above his skis to have 10 strikeouts in his first outing. You weren't going to get that all the time. My, my problem that I saw last night was that he had one bad inning and he let that, Snowball. I mean, look. Bottom line: if you watched any of the game, Veerling should have caught that ball in in left center. I mean, he, he totally 
totally alligator armed it and that screwed up the whole inning. But at the same time, you know, uh, I think that Gibson uh, wanted a pitch and didn't get it and got pissed off about that too. And you can't let that happen. And, and, and the biggest thing, and I didn't notice this until uh, Ben Davis pointed it out was that, you know, even a guy like Schwarber or guys that, you know, have been these big names and these big bats, they weren't, they were trying their approach at the plate was poor last night. And that's something as somebody that didn't play the game, I wouldn't have picked up on that. But like JT Romuto was great last night. Harper did have a big hit early, but not late. And then, you know, I mean, uh, look, they look like world beaters when they were two and oh, they've lost three in a row. Let's see what happens tonight. And no, I'm not panicking. I am just, oh, but Veerling's awful i did tweet about him i'm sorry i have to react to that that guy has no business on a major league roster right now and they really have no other choice and i think i saw one of the somebody's tweet said something about once again the phillies are trying to get by with a position player in center field and it comes back to bite him in the keister and that's that's the reality of it is that you know they they thought mickey moniak was going to be their guy who not only could hit but i think he understood how to field the position and uh, they got burned last night. Well, I mean, to be fair, they signed Herrera. He got hurt. They signed, Mo- or they have Moniac. He surprised he them. He surprised them, but he got hurt. So it's not like the Phillies went in with their pants down. I mean, they got two guys that are hurt that they, I think, think are is a better option than what they currently have. But you can't do anything for the injuries. Now, Herrera could return from his rehab assignment in the next 10 days, Joe Girardi said today on MLB Network Radio. Mm -hmm. um, So they could get Herrera back. And, I mean, he gives you at least some sort of offensive threat in center field. Yeah, he could come back. And I think that they're saying that the, uh, what did they say, four to six weeks on Moniac originally? That was the thing? They're kind of doing this uh, musical chairs, too, where, you know, I mean, we talked, I think, on Tuesday about that kid, what was it, Singer, that came up, and then they sent him down, and then they brought another guy up, and, you know, they're just sort of rotating people around. Uh, Look, I mean, the biggest thing to me is that even though the record may not be where you want it, the bullpen does look fairly decent. I think Canable has looked good, and whether he's a close, I think Hand has looked good, you know, uh, I mean, even... uh, Familia, who's only made, I think, one appearance, right? But he struck out two in one inning. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 early, right? Well, I'm <laughs> glad you're saying that, though. I'm glad you're saying it. it's early. You're not concerned, in other words. No. I mean, I'm not happy with where the record is, but I'm not panicking or anything like that. Yeah, Gosh, no. The, uh, the only thing I would say is this, and I opened up the show with this today, um, which is you got to stop losing to the Marlins. That has to stop. Hundred percent, and and that was the big thing last night was that you know they banged out a lot of hits, right? I mean, I'm looking again at what how many hits they had last night. It wasn't that they had a problem hitting the baseball; it was that it was that they couldn't uh, find a way to get the key hits. You know, I mean, Schwarber was one for five, Real Muto four for four. He was he was the best guy, but all Real Muto's hits, you know, it doesn't mean a hill of beans if he gets on if the people behind him can't do much. And Harper one for four, Castellanos one for four. Hoskins 0 for 3. That's, uh, that, that, there's your ball game right there. PT, and runners in scoring position. Were you in the car when I was referring? Uh, Josh said that he would like to have a beer at some point with listener Joey D from Ventnor. Were you in the car at that point? No, but Joey D is a great – he he uh, even is loyal on Sundays. I mean, if you can put up with the Schwimer and you listen to our show, then you're a, you're a loyal fan. Okay. Now, I said – I remember Joey D brought a nice – gift for all of us at a live broadcast i still have mine do you have yours and do you remember what it was 
brought a nice gift. See, the first thing I go for is somebody, when we were at a live remote one time, brought me a plush Zamboni from the Boardwalk Bullies. And I was very touched by that gift, and that is still on my desk okay. and part of my tchotchkes. But I don't think that that's what Joey D brought. I'm just reading your reaction and that that's not it. <laughs> no, I, I don't even remember what he got you, but I remember he got something for us. I well, got what a did he hat, get you? <laughs> I got a hat that said Ventner. Blue hat said Ventner in red across the top. And you're sure he got me something, too, huh? <laughs> Pretty sure you were there, Peter. It's a very meaningful gift. You can tell. I said, uh, I appreciate Joey D. See, people act like I'm always the bad guy, and I'm this jerk. I said, watch. Uh, well, you're I, definitely the bad guy for putting me on the spot, not remembering what I just like is. to let people peek behind the real curtain to say, <laughs> I appreciate Joey D and his nice gift, and I remember it, and I still have it. PT will act like he likes Joey D more than I do, but... You don't remember I, the gift, and you don't have it anymore, Peter. You don't know if I have it or not. I could have the gift and not even remember that I got it from him. Okay, well, you don't, my point is you don't remember the kind gesture. Do you know what the gift is? That he got you? Yes. No, I don't. That makes two of us. I remember the gift that he got me. <laughs> it was a nice hat, blue hat, said Ventner in red. <laughs> And uh, I still have it. In fact, I'm sure it's a lovely gift. On Tuesday, sure when we do Tuesday with Thompson, maybe I'll put that hat on. Well, if Joey D is listening or somebody that knows him, they could text 609-403-0973, right? And let me know what I got him, and then I'll tell him where it is. And I'll be honest, too. I, As God is my witness, if I re-gifted it to somebody else, which you know the PT does, I will give that up. Wow. I will admit it. Well, we were at the Wonder Bar. I remember that. Well, then it's probably the plush Zamboni. That's where I got that. Really? Yes. Then maybe that's what it was. And I, I not only will I'll dig that thing. I got it right off my. I'll take it right off my desk. I'll take a picture of it. I'll tweet Wait, it. I'll put so it on every platform. You got the plus Zamboni, but don't remember who gave it to you. That's how little this person meant to you. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you are my friend. Oh, I love you so. Like, yes, thank you for I this nice gift. Zamboni. Don't get away from me, shoe. From, <laughs> from a very loyal listener. <laughs> Sounds like it. Loyal enough for you to keep it, but not acknowledge who even gave it to you. I have it all. I look at it every day. I see it all the time. It would be nice if you saw the image of the person's face that gave it to you. Oh, you are a peach, man. I tell you what. You find a... The Joey find D. A and Ventner, I appreciate the hat you gave me. Ventner blue with red lettering. I still have it. I wear it often. You know, I'm, I'm the guy in the morning that puts that hat on when I make my wah-wah run, something like that. And that had Joey D. Inventor. If you were the one that gave me that Zamboni, <laughs> I still have it. I look at it every day. I very much appreciate it. If it was you, that hat is a friend. <laughs> oh man, you're a piece of work. All right, Peter. <laughs> have a good weekend. Happy <laughs> Easter, Peter. Happy Easter to you, sir. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see how the uh, sports all shake out. Looking oh. forward to it. All right, uh, you can hear him on the locker room this Sunday here on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Pete Thompson. Happy Hour Friday continues. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, talk a little NFL. A couple Eagles notes for you. Don't go away. We got that coming up next. Joey D., I appreciate you. And your hat. PT don't even remember what you gave him. Sad. It's a sad state of affairs. More Sports Bash on the way. Now, back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. 5.34, happy hour Friday. I'm Mike Gill. What's up? Uh, we got another chance for you to qualify coming up in just a little bit. For Pick Your Trip, you get to go to an Eagles road game. You pick the game. We'll pay the airfare, your hotel stay. We'll give you two tickets to the game. We'll even throw you a tailgate party before the game for you and your crew. Listen at 5.55 tonight for your chance to enter. All qualifiers must be present to win. Thursday, April 28th, Slack Tide Brewing Company, KB Courthouse. So I want to go through this again because there are people talking about uh, asking questions regarding the Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers game tomorrow. So according to the press release that I just got from the NBC Sports team, the Flyers are going to be NBC Plus, the Sixers will be on regular NBC Sports Philly, and the Phillies will only be streaming on the My Teams app. That is it. Now, there are a couple of areas. I, I guess if you have certain... If you have certain uh, cable systems that you can get them, and I will give you those cable systems here in a second, Josh. Let me... Uh, all right. Service Electric customers in the Lehigh Valley can watch the game on Channel 902. Well, that obviously doesn't help us out. If you're an astound broadband customer... You can find the game on channel 994. Optimum customers in Central Jersey can find the Phillies game on channel 206. I don't think that helps us at all. No. But I did have somebody tweet at me, and uh, Joe Mason is a uh, fine listener of the show, and he tweeted, it's on some channel in the 800s or something on Comcast if you don't like to stream. Now, I have not seen that in the article. Now, they did write a whole article about this on NBC Sports Philadelphia, doc, you know, whatever their website is, NBC Sports Philadelphia, about how to watch the Phillies game. I do not see anything, Joe, that says that it'll be on some channel in the 800s. I do see that there are some cable providers that are offering it on some channels. I don't even know how that's possible. But it's not in this region where we have Comcast. I'm looking through my Xfinity app right now to see what it says. Because there is a section on if if you have like, you know, the, I don't, know, I don't even know the name of these tiers right now. If you have like the regular extended package, basically, um, there is a, there is a list of, Channels are not normally part of the regular lineup uh-huh. that are in the thousands. Yep. I oh. always wondered what those are. Well, like, for example, Pac-12 Network 2 is in that range. FS Network 1, there's FS Network 2 is in that range. So, like, things like that. So, I'm trying to look right now to see. On... Those are replays. Replay, replay, replay. See, that's what got me is the replay. 
I thought the game was a 3 o'clock game and thought this was all going to be avoided. But here it turns out that actually it was a replay of the game that's being played today. They're replaying the game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and then they're going into the Flyers game. Correct. So that threw a little wrench in my thought process there. Now, I'm looking right now. It looks like in our immediate area down here, this is not going to be available live. Well, according to the article that they wrote at NBC Sports Philadelphia, yes, we are not getting that game on any sorts of television tomorrow. You will have to stream the game in some capacity. You can watch the replay at 11 p.m. tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, you can watch the replay. Yes, that is basically uh, how they are going This is so pathetic by them. Like, you're telling me that you couldn't have found some random other channel just to be like, hey, we're putting it on that channel for you guys. Yeah, whatever happened to, um, what happened to... There was that other Tozy. Yes, whatever happened to that. Or like, MB- what's on NBC 10 tomorrow night that we can't watch the Phillies game on? Well, NBC 10, I understand. That's network television. They probably can't screw with their schedule. They probably have something that has to do with whatever's on there. You can't just make that network decision at the last second there. Uh, Mike, any chance of YouTube, any mention of YouTube TV by any chance? No. No. No, because YouTube YouTube TV carries NBC Sports Philadelphia and NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. Correct. So those two channels on YouTube TV are locked. We'll have the Flyers game on and the Sixers game. Like, whoever's decision this was. I think it's more, I hope anyway, that it's more contractual. Like, in other words, the contract says you have to play the Flyers, and that's the reason. Now, Comcast owns it. They could say you could break the contract for the night to put the game on that people are more interested in. Well, also, let me ask you this, Mike. You're telling me that you said Comcast owns it, right? I just looked on the Comcast-owned Xfinity lineup for tomorrow. You're telling me they couldn't have found some random channel, like... Fuse, Fousey or whatever, just to be like, Tozy. Hey, Tozy. Right? Wasn't that, there was a game on Tozy TV last year. Yeah, it was like 888 or something like that. Some weird channel number. But you're telling me there's not some random channel you can just dump the Phillies game on for those who want to put it on their regular box? Like, you're paying whatever, how much, $200 a month for your cable package, probably just because you want to get your Philly Sixers and Flyers, right? You're telling me you can't give the subscribers what they paid for? Well, listen, I can't imagine that somebody actually sat in a boardroom and said, hey, let's put the Flyers game on. We think there's more interest there. There's just no way. That has to be contractual. Uh, Over on the text board, Mike, does it really matter? No one wants to see the Phillies lose to the Marlins again. Well, is it either the no one wants to see the Phillies lose to the Marlins or nobody (laughs) wants to see the Flyers lose to whoever they're playing? (laughs) Like, let's be honest, uh, text message guy. I think more people have some interest in the Phillies at this stage. Even if you're saying who cares who wants to lose to the Marlins again, nobody is watching the Flyers. No one's at the Flyers games. There are people at the Phillies games. That should tell you right there, there is interest in the Phillies over the Flyers. There's no question right now the Pantheon is Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. And it's not even close between the Phillies and the Flyers. It's not even a conversation. The gap is gigantic, gargantuan. Yeah. You can't tell me. Look. 
text messenger. Don't rationalize to us this bad decision by somebody who actually has the power to change the situation. Right. And look, if I'm an establishment, if I'm a local establishment, I'm pissed. I got people coming in watching the Sixers game. That game starts at 6. When the Sixers game's over, you're telling me I got no place, no Phillies game. I got Flyers on someplace. That's not what I want. I got my patrons coming in maybe after the Phillies, the Flyer, uh, the Sixers game's over, and they catch the last couple innings of the ball game. Now, I did see this for what it's worth. If you have the MLB extra innings, you can watch the game on the Marlins feed. Yeah, see, my buddy has some app on his TV. I don't even know the name of it. But he has, like, every single game from everywhere. But every time I go to his house, we have to watch the game on the opposing team's feed. And that is really annoying. <laughs> that sounds really annoying, actually. <laughs> it does. It's like, oh, what's the big deal? But I got to be honest with you. I don't think we appreciate enough about how good of a job that NBC Sports Philly does with its games, Mm -hmm. okay? You might not love the broadcasters, and that's your prerogative, and you might not love this or that, but I implore you to watch games on other regional sports networks. NBC Philadelphia does do a pretty good job, and I got to say this. Their picture quality is way better than, like, if I watch a game on, like, Arizona or Florida or Tampa Bay, it just feels really dull and dingy. Like, their HD quality... I don't think is the same. Like if you, I remember, I forget who it was, but so if you watch MLB Network at night, sometimes they'll they'll bounce back and forth between games, right? The picture quality from market to market is discernible, and then the quality of the broadcasters is even more discernible. Like the picture quality in the broadcaster in like Kansas City for her Royals game is extremely different. The, the broadcaster and pitch quality of, like, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what I would say, is that they generally do a good job. I think this decision is more contractually based rather than... It's still pathetic. A contract's a contract, right? I mean, what are you supposed to do? But you just said it. They own this. This is their channel, their network. Their... Is the NHL holding a gun to their head saying, you got to do this? No. Right. No, I, I mean, literally, if anybody had any level head, they say, listen, we'll stick the flyers on the streaming service. We'll put the Phillies game on TV. That's where most people would rather be. And boom, we'll be done with it. But we, we I think our audience needs chat. to know if you're looking for these games tomorrow, that's the lineup. That's the situation is the Flyers game is on TV. The Sixers game is on TV. The Phillies game is not. The Phillies game you're going to have to stream. And here's another confusing part about it. It is not on one of the streaming partners of Major League Baseball. It is not on Apple TV+. Plus. It is not on Amazon Prime. It is not on... YouTube. YouTube. What's the Sunday morning one? Peacock. Oh, well, Peacock. It's not on Peacock either. No. By the way, Xfinity customers, most of them have Peacock. You telling me you couldn't have put it on there? Could be on Peacock as well, maybe. I don't know where you're streaming the Peacock from, though. Well, you can stream it from your X1 box. If you have an X1 box, it's pretty easy to stream it. No, I get that. Like, I have Peacock as well. I'm just saying, I guess if you're streaming it on NBC uh, on my teams. Well, the problem is that my team is completely detached. Like, you can't even, at least the smart TVs I have, you can't download the my teams app on any TVs. 
So you're going to have to cast it. If you want to put it, you got to cast it from your phone. Yeah, this says Saturday's game in Miami can be found via live stream on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, the NBC Sports app via your connected TV, or the My Teams app on your mobile device. So the NBC Sports app via your connected TV, you can download the NBC Sports app and get it? That's interesting. Now, I'm going to have to go home and look at my X1 box to see how that works. Because I don't know if that's preloaded or not. It says, click here to be taken directly to the live stream of the Phillies vs. Marlins on your desktop computer or mobile device. You'll need to authenticate with your cable, satellite, or telco provider to access the stream. Because I know that when there's games on ESPN3... If you if you search, you know that guide where you press the C button, it takes you like the sports stuff on the sidebar. You ever use that function? Not really. So there's this button. I didn't even know that exists. Yeah, there's a C button. If you have trouble finding a game, I use this all the time. Like if I'm trying to find like you know you know me and my college football games on a Saturday night. You know my, I might be looking for like Hawaii versus Fresno State, and I'm having trouble finding it. Fine. So I hit the C button. I scroll over to the college football list. And I pull up the game, and I see what the score. They they have running scores there on the thing. And then it gives you the option, do you want to watch it? Yes. And then it takes you to it. Well, for example, if it's an online-only stream, it'll take you right to the stream. So I'm wondering, tomorrow, if you do that function with the Phillies game, will it automatically take you there? Well, in this article, it says, how can I watch Phillies Marlins on TV? You'll need a smart TV or a connected device to view the stream on your television via the NBC Sports app. The NBC Sports app is available via Apple TV, Google TV, Comcast, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox, and Samsung. I think I have a Samsung television smart TV. So I essentially, I can download the NBC Sports to your app. Smart TV. It says once you download the app, you'll be asked to sign in with your cable, satellite, right. or telco provider to access the stream. Right. That part I'm used to. I've done that on my phone before. So that, that's not that hard. You just got to make sure you use your right username and password. Well, that's another problem half the time is you can't remember it. <laughs> right? That's true. You, uh, you do have a history of not remembering which password's which. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Now, here's the thing. So you, all the things you have, they're none of the smart TVs I have. I have a Philips, and I have a Vizio. I do not have a Samsung. <laughs> yeah, so. my main TV in our living room is a Samsung TV. So maybe you have a I shot. Get it. You can download it from the whatever the app store is. Well, I'll be watching the Sixers game anyway. <laughs> they're all that. Well, you, so, because I know sometimes you watch it on the porch. Do you watch the Sixers game on the porch, but the Phillies game on the Samsung TV in the living room? <laughs> no, no. I've tried to do that before. I can't pay attention to one inside, one outside. All right, we'll get ready to wrap up the show coming up next here on the Sports Bet. Hey, quick Eagles news. Uh, they were in on Gilmore, according to Jacina Anderson. He signed with the Colts. Uh, betting odds have the Eagles the favorites to get Tyron Matthew and... They're also in the betting odds to get Kyler Murray. Get the details on our website, 973ESPN.com. Now, back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, get ready to wrap up the Friday show. Happy hour Friday. I can use a little happy hour Friday. It's been a long week. It's uh, one of those good vibrations. Weekend Sixers tomorrow. Game one at the center, 6 o'clock, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, hopefully we get a good uh, day tomorrow. Phillies need to get two from the Marlins. Tonight and tomorrow, they need two. You know, I did a uh, single-game parlay. Seven bets, hit six out of seven in all three of them yesterday. Sounds like a story if you're betting like Unbelievable. You've consistently been hitting six out of well, seven have, seven I, out of eight. Yeah, and I because I get single-game insurance. If you get one wrong, you get your bet back. Right. Uh, you know what? The only one I didn't hit was Jazz Chisholm was supposed to get a hit. He was the only guy that didn't get a hit. Darn it, Jazz. Yeah. Jazz. Ah, same difference. And uh, I and had... Who names her kid Jazz? Isn't there a uh, show on, like, TLC with, like, Jazz or the, the something like that? You A&E? just referenced TLC. That just answers your question right there. <laughs> A&E or something like that. Um, all right. Uh, that will do it for me here on the Sports Bash Live. Josh has game night coming up next. That will lead you right into the play-in games tonight. I like Atlanta. I actually like Atlanta to cover. I think they're going to win big tonight. Atlanta Ooh. beats Cleveland. They go to the playoffs. I've been talking about Atlanta for a while. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. I think they get in. I like the Clippers tonight as well. I like Hawks-Pelicans. I'll do one different from you. All right. There we go. All right. uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Easter. And go Sixers. I need caller number 7, 609-573-3776. 609-573-3776. Caller number 7 right now. You are qualified. For a chance to win an Eagles road trip to the 2022 Eagles road game of your choice. One lucky listener will win airfare, hotel, and a pregame tailgate party, plus two tickets to the Eagles road game of their choice. Caller number 7-609-573-3776. We'll see you at Slack Tide Brewing Company on Thursday, April 28th at uh, in Cape May Courthouse. You must be present to win. It's all thanks to Philly Sports Trips. Go to phillysportstrips.com and Ernest & Sons Old Fashioned Butcher Shop in Brigantine. Have a great Easter Sunday, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.